New year, new you. How about you brighten up your look with some fresh dragon bags, Sean? Sounds great. Yeah. What's your uh, New Year's resolution this year? Cornhole wise, or just yeah? Um, I would like to get my PPR like on Scoreholio above an eight. And the only way you're going to do that is by getting your hands on some dragon bags, Sean. It's uh, proven to increase your PPR by at least a point. Wow. Yeah, per set that you have. All right. So hey, if you're sitting at an eight, go ahead and buy yourself four sets. Boom, you're at a twelve. You can never lose. Wow. So go over to Dragon Bags, that's with a Z, dot com, drop code BIGASP12 at checkout, and save yourself some money because we'll help you get your game better. So will Dragon Bags. So head on over to DragonBags.com and drop code BIGASP12. Cornhole. Big ass Cornhole. We hope you throw it straight. And nothing but four bangers from here on out. All right, welcome back to yet another episode of the Big Ass Cornel Podcast. Sean and Dane are with you as always. Dane, what's going on, man? Had to get you out of your Zen moment there. Thanks, man. I was For a minute, to, yeah. Get know, present. Just, uh, yeah, it's, you're it's been a to, busy day. You look like you're taking it a little bit too serious. So it's been a very it's been a busy day. Yeah. All right, well, it's a busy episode. We have a lot to get uh, a lot of stuff to get to. Um, before we get to anything else, Dane, do what you do best every single week. Let the folks know what we're drinking tonight in our favorite segment called What You Drinking? Ho ho! What you drinking? And what I do best is I drink delicious hazy IPAs, It's a good one. Yeah, so I this do, is yes. a, it's a good one from Masthead Brewing, local here in Cleveland, Ohio. I had this Gotta last love week. them. Hazy Headlines, Hazy IPA. It is, uh, it's a good one, man. I had just found this um, where where is Masthead? is it downtown cleveland yeah it's in downtown okay it literally says right here sean in downtown cleveland okay. it does ohio so, yeah <laughs> um 6.5 percent man um yeah i quite enjoy it um it's something about hazy ipa it's just meant for the year round oh yeah right. I, I agree man it's my good uh you know we all partied hard for the new year so i woke up on new year's day god man with a delicious cup of cornhole coffee so that I could start cleaning the house because you got to get to cleaning in the new year. So cornhole coffee gave me the pick me up that I so desperately needed. I've been, um, when we first signed on, we got that sampler pack. Yeah. Just decided to bust it open this weekend. Oh, good I've, stuff, man. Love it. I ripped through it. Yeah. yeah. We were, well, we liked what we, uh, I can't remember the first one that we had the, um, could we have like the you pour it in and you can make like your own pod kind of thing? Oh, gotcha. Okay. So, um, but yeah, good stuff, man. It, it is really, it is. is really good. So, if you guys want some delicious beans, go over to Cornhole Coffee and grab them two handfuls at a time. Drop code Big Ass but check out. It's going to save you some money. So, go over to Cornhole Coffee and get that pick me up that you need. And don't forget, drink, focus, throw. All right, folks, we have more audio gold planned for you all today. Today, we have two sets of bags to review, uh, both by Rocket Bags. Uh, we have some ACL Open action to talk about. We have dramatic readings, of course. And then we're going to have like a, a little State of the Union address by Trey Ryder. He reached out to us and said he thought it would if we would have him. Uh, obviously, he's open invite for Trey. 
He said if we would have him, uh, he thinks it would be a good idea to have a heart-to-heart with the Cornhole community right now. So I'm really excited for this interview. Stay tuned. That'll be at the yeah. end. You're going to have to listen to us, though, first. And uh, Sean, Sean got me a great uh, Christmas gift. I did. So Ooh, we will be... Out? Yeah, we'll bust him out with Trey. Oh, okay. All yeah, right. I think I like that'll that. be a nice little segment. So oh, we'll, yeah. we'll ask some uh, new fun random questions that are just uh, off-the-wall funny. So oh, yeah. But before we get to anything else, we're going to let you know what's going on in our Cornhole Lives in a segment we call In and Around the Hole. Brought to you by Blackjack Cornhole. We've been telling you for years, folks, stop throwing ugly bags. And you can do that. Well, just head over to Blackjack Cornhole. If you go to Blackjack Cornhole, you're guaranteed to have sexiness in your hands. Guaranteed. You get free shipping. You get amazing customer service. It's, again, it's a no-brainer. It's what we call it. It's a classic win-win-win. So go to blackjackcornhole.com, use code BIGASP, and you're going to save yourself 10%. Mm. And if you're in the market for a new set of bags, right? Everyone's trying to find out, like, a new series to try to throw. Who's a new company to try? Um, if you're looking for an ACL stamped bag company, you, you, you're going to be hard pressed to try something better than Black Sheep Baggers. All right. Run by two of the best guys of we've met in the Cornell community. 100%. Love those dudes. Black Sheep Baggers has a bag out there pretty much for every thrower. Yeah. And I think uh, he was just a birthday boy, too. He was just a birthday boy. So, Shout out LD. Happy, happy birthday. Yep. Um, so go to blacksheepbaggers.com. Make sure you follow them on Facebook as well, and you'll find out like they have a bunch of deals going on all the time. But if you're just in the market for a new set of bags, um, we we really like the OG two. We yes. like the Costello X. Really, uh, I mean, obviously, we were part of the testing process, and that was the one that I picked. So that's been my favorite. <laughs> but go to blacksheetbackers.com, use code Big Asp, and you're going to save yourself some money. Do it. So I have not thrown. I have not either. Really at all. Um, I did throw last Wednesday I had, like for like 30 minutes just to, just to see how it was going. Yeah. Um, Through the bags that we have today that we're reviewing, just so I had a good understanding. But then busted out the Power Dragons and uh, uh, in the Inferno. Mm-hmm. You know, just do what I do. Throw a match against each other. Who won? Inferno, man. Inferno. I don't know what it is. When I'm playing... And and again, slow side. They they probably play about the same. Yeah, I, I, it's just a it's a mental thing. I think, me. the, I think I don't the try for to some cut. Reason. I don't try to do anything. I just go. I'm just putting every bag in the hole. I'm going to push through. I'm just going to go for it. Power dragon in my head. Sometimes I'm like, I know I can hit these shots. I've done it before. I just don't do it at a high enough percentage for yeah. it to be smart yeah. <laughs> for me to be. <laughs> no, I, I <laughs> yeah, I don't know. In, Inferno for me was. Um, I don't know. It's almost like a, a bit more of a tactical bag in my mind. It, well, board conditions, definitely. Yeah. They, a, and a slower board, they do play tacky. Yeah. But the my boards at work Yeah, they're are, glass. Yeah, lightning. Yeah, nothing slows down on them, ever. That's yeah. right. That's great. <laughs> I mean, it helps you with the slide game. It helps me get a line down. You know what yeah. I mean? So I don't have to throw it hard. Um, but then I do struggle sometimes when boards are playing slower. I have to either tell myself, carry the bag higher, which I've, I've been trying to get better at. With throwing like a power dragon, like just carry, don't try to slide it up the board all the time. Just yeah, carry just the bag up carry, a little higher. Yeah. But it was interesting. Somebody posted a question. I, I can't remember if it's, I don't think it's a dramatic reading that we're doing later, but it's just asking opinions on like what to do when you're by yourself. Yeah. I, that's my situation 99% of the time is I find myself. So again, I've always played matches just against myself. I get a series of two series of bags that I feel that are my best two. And I play a match just how you normally would against them. And I, it just, it gives me a good understanding of like, okay, are these pretty close or 
this is just if you're playing singles and the board's conditions are these, this is the smarter move. But it tends to even out over time anyway. So, you know, I mean, I, I've always been a firm believer that what a man does in his own private time is up to him. So, amen. You know, do do you, son? Hell yeah, hell yeah. Um, do you throw it all? Uh, minimally. Yeah. Like I had like any mini bags. You been throwing mini bags? I, I did set up the mini uh, boards. Uh, <laughs> actually, outside it, I it, set them up. Not um, to like a shameless plug here, but if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube page, we're gonna be doing like an uh, MTV like old school like cribs edition of our studio that Dane's sure. now created down here. So I'm, we're hoping maybe I can shoot it tomorrow. Maybe. Yeah, I think we'll be ready to rip. So it complete with mini board, a little mini court. Yeah, it's gonna be great. We have our lane number and everything. Pre-assigned. Lane number and everything. Number five. Number five. Proud. Never uh, forget. Brownie logo. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Love it. Um, but yeah, so other than that, we just had, we celebrated New Year's Eve. Like it, we, we always get together like to do like our Christmas type stuff. That we did? Um, it was good. I was just like, I was just not in the mood to like be around a bunch of people. Like I really did not like know that there was going to be like everyone there until that text message went out this yeah, week. Was, and I'm like, uh, dude, I didn't want, I thought it was just going to be like our, like our family together and not like, and don't get me wrong. Like I love the aunts and uncles and everything, but I'm like, can we just, yeah, I, I, I would have much rather have been like, yeah, like, can Jesus we just Christ. like get in, like hang out with each other? Cause we always have a great time when it's like just us. Like, yeah. This, I mean, I just wanted out, to be like, a little bit more low key. I didn't want to yeah. feel like I had to like entertain people. Exactly. And like, I love Kristen, but those kids, man, like her, her stepkids, <laughs> man, I, I do like, I just, I don't handle teenage like attitude. Well, Oh, I know you don't. <laughs> yeah. And the one kid, I, the, his daughter was like giving my daughter a hard time. The one time I turned around so fucking fast. I'm like, you need to be nice to her. And I just like gave her a look like, I'm like, or I'm going to murder you. <laughs> you have to be nice to her. <laughs> yes. Or you can get the fuck out that of That is house. an order. <laughs> yeah. Or you can get the fuck out. I just don't. Uh, oh, family. I just acknowledge it as little as possible and go about my time. Oh, um, yeah. No, I think that's the smartest to thing to do. separate myself from it all. Like, I do. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, I definitely watched more cornhole than I played. So, oh, and um, speaking of playing cornhole, I, I cleared Hamilton. So, like, I'm good to go for Saturday for sure. Okay. So whether we want to head down Saturday morning or Friday after, either one would probably work. Okay. So All right. just good deal. We'll we'll be in uh, Hamilton for Saturday. So it is on the family calendar officially. So we're good. Marked in ink. It is not pencil. Folks. Now th- whether right. or not the regional, that's another question. I don't know when that is, and I might not be here, but we'll cross that bridge. We'll we'll figure it out. We'll cross that bridge. We'll cross that bridge. All right. So. Speaking of cornhole tournaments, yeah, I think I'm in Pittsburgh. It's my uh, nephew's birthday. I'll be at my work party, but maybe I can hit it up in the morning. <laughs> um, this past weekend, Myrtle Beach Open, pretty big open. Typically, one of the uh, really well attended by like the best players in the country yeah. type of opens, and the numbers showed out. Um, in singles alone, they had eight brackets for just open, which is. For tier, for tier one. A lot. Yeah, it is a lot. But again, you pair that with the high school championships mm-hmm. and the college championships. You're already flooding kind of the area into for it. Sure, yeah. um, just touching briefly on like the high school and college stuff. I, I mean, you can see the talent is really there. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I was uh, I was super impressed. I, I think I have the results somewhere here. Yeah. 
But yeah, some of the ma- the, the matches were pretty good. Like I, I did catch some of the broadcast. Um, I recorded, um, I recorded the college one and went back and and kind of watched it. But it it was they were pretty entertaining. Again, a lot of these guys they're throwing under the lights yeah. on a broadcast for the first time. So I I do think that plays a major factor. And if these games weren't played in those situations. Maybe I'm not saying like the outcomes 100% would be different, but I think some of the performance levels we would have seen a little bit elevated. Mm-hmm. But yeah, all in all, um, really, really good. I mean, the cream of the crop, pretty much for especially for high school. The one surprise I think was not seeing Jaden Ellis in yes. the high school for singles, just because he's widely regarded as probably the best non-pro amateur right now. As a junior, right? I mean, I would say, yeah, I, I think I'm trying to think uh, if there's anybody else that I would kind of put up there because it, I mean, his resume speaks for itself. He's a very, very talented player. It, it was very public in the beginning when he wasn't picked, but like there was, there was set criteria for it. He had a chance if he would have won, I think that at worlds, he would have been a pro, but yeah. he, he didn't win. So it, it is what it is. And he admitted that. Um, and he, I, he still did very well in singles. I think he took third or tied for third. Um, but all in all, it's, it's it was it was really good competition. I, I and it's nice to see that the high school level is growing. And same thing at the college level. Well, it's it is, cool to have it on like TV too. Like I think a yeah. lot of people saw that and they're like, oh, all right. yeah. Like, well, cool and college level too. It's always funny like when these like no name colleges oh, yeah. get like thrown out. Like back in the day, it was like Bald, Bald Wallace. Wallace. You know what I mean? Put it on the map. We just like, happen to live in the same town as it, but yeah, <laughs> anywhere else. Like, yeah, yeah. Else Dude, cool. So I kind of I kind of like that. But hopefully, you'll see that this is just good national exposure Mm -hmm. and hopefully more kids will then like, Oh, we should start this at our school. Like we can do that. Or there's, if there's people that are already in the Cornell community that are around those schools, reach out, try to try to get something going. Dane's making a face. So it was crazy. We have the Washington, Texas game going on in the background. So yeah. And, uh, congrats to Michigan. Fuck. No, not congrats to Michigan. (laughs) Anyways, um, okay, so let's go over open. You want to start with singles fin first? Yeah, yeah, okay. we can go. Uh, we can go through that. So, so I did. So last night I did go back and watch um, a lot of like the bracket finals. I did not get to watch like a lot of it throughout the day, but I got to watch kind of how it dwindled down. At least who was on the featured court. Overall champion Ryan Trader, yeah, is the real deal. Like I know, like I, I know this is his second open. Don't get me wrong. I've seen him in juniors before and we know he was a really good player, mm-hmm. but just watching him perform this weekend when that kid is on, he's really hard to beat. Yeah. Man. He's, he's got it going on. He and can really do what I, I mean. He can do it all. Like he can, he has all the shots. He can run a bag. Yeah. He has a very good airmail. Mm-hmm. He can roll with the best of them. He plays really smart, good defense. Like he's okay. Like a four, four wash. If yeah, that's what the board's going to say. Yeah, all right. Like lay up and just kind of live to fight. Like I'd, He's definitely wise beyond his years on the boards. And he was sure. just hot. Like, oh, yeah. it was right yeah. off. I mean, the finals against Alec Ryan, and who had thrown very well to get to that point, it just could, yeah. it was just not even close, man. That, game, that match was over in like seven rounds or something yeah. like that. It was crazy. And the kids, he's really, he's going to be a problem on the pro, on the pro stage. 100%. And I don't think we've seen somebody play at that level like that young since. I mean, he's kind of reminiscent of what Jake Gore did last year, man. Yeah, for like, sure. Coming out and just done. now again, no, I want to see it. I'm gonna at say the pro tournament. I'm gonna level. say yeah. Right now, I'm gonna put him Alex Hicks level. Okay. All, All right. right. I got that. Again, Hicks has okay. yet to. He's done well in the pro. I, I agree. Circuit, at the but, opens. Yeah. 
He's done That's great fair. at the open. Listen, so. there's clearly recency bias, and I'm excited because yeah. I watched the kid throw, and I'm like, wow, you're really good. And you now, know, I will how say, fun is it to watch him throw, too, with how weird dude, and unique is, his throw is? He takes, like, three steps, and he has this big, loopy arm, string, uh, arm swing. And I kept saying, I'm like, it doesn't seem repeatable. But then you watch him do it again and again and again, and these matches that are lasting 40 rounds, it's impressive. And yeah. I will say... Almost every time you want to call him for footfall, but he kept that toe planted. It's always down. Yep. And I will say that was one of the things I was kind of watching a little bit. They 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 were doing a good job officiating yeah. on the main court. They were calling people. What I would like, I want you after we're done recording today. Mm-hmm. I want I'm going to pull up a match. Okay. And I want you to watch and tell me if I'm crazy. I don't want to start anything here, but it's interesting. Like if we if if the official was watching the same viewpoint I was. There were a whole bunch of people that at throws that you wouldn't have thought were a fault, but were because they didn't keep that back foot planted. Yeah. And their one foot just a fraction of a fucking second. Windsor did it a bunch. And I and that's oh, the one I want to yeah, watch. And you. he's fidgety. I mean And it's only on the last bag when he's going for a push and he steps over a little bit. That last foot just comes up for a, a half a second. Yeah. But could you call that? Like, is that something that you could tell the official like to watch for? Possibly. I, I'm just wondering, like, if at the pro level, are we going to get to the point where people are starting to analyze other opponents being like, hey, I want you to watch for this because this is what I've seen consistently. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely worth the conversation. I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about because I was actually watching um, a lot of Windsor's doubles. Um, he went live for a lot of them. Yeah. So I watched a lot of, a lot of those matches. And there were times where, especially with an airmail, yeah. where he does his, like, short release but then like kind of falls forward i was like man it looks awful close to me like he stepped over that line with regar- both feet. Regar- regardless windsor's one of those guys that when he played traitor had no answer yeah just like you could see him getting visibly frustrated like wow like i he even took his headphones off at one time and it like i think it was like down like 14 to 3 or 14 to 2 and he, you could see him like he's like, all right, enough fucking around. Like I need to actually focus. And he ends up giving up like another two. Like yeah. and you're, he's like Jesus. Like this guy. He's like he he's almost plays a game similar to Windsor, mm-hmm. where he can run bags if he wants, but he's really comfortable with like just shit around the hole and making something happen with that last bag. Yeah. And he was just kind of better at that. And he was just game. hitting the last bag an awful lot this weekend. Yep. Um, some of the other names just this weekend that had really nice runs. We talked about him before we started recording. I, mean, I have the brackets up if you want. Oh, to no, talk. no. We'll, we'll go through them. I'm just saying just his name was there. Adam Hisner. Yeah. He lost Alec Brown, uh, got double dipped. Um, but going into this, we were both kind of saying after doubles, like Adam Hisner is throwing. He might be throwing the best he's ever thrown in his career. Yeah. dude. Right I mean, it's, uh, he went to his slicker bag and is just. And, in du- and specifically in doubles. But then he comes out here in singles and is showing what he does. Yeah. And. We mentioned like earlier off off air that he is a hell of a doubles player. But he's he very good doubles that player. Yeah, his singles is starting to catch a little heat now. So people got to watch out, man. Yep. he's he's a sneaky one. And i i would have I would venture to say that him coming in the king seed probably had a long wait. Yeah. Right. And, oh yeah. And Adam's not somebody that's going to be up and throwing a lot. He'll step up to the board, throw it down and back, and. You know, I, I think that probably had something to do with it. If I had good to guess. Half. Yeah, good half. Kind of thing. So, yeah, go ahead and uh, pull up the can we pull up the, the results first, and we'll kind of scroll through afterwards. So the other bracket winners, 
We had Ryan Trader was the overall champion. He defeated Al Gray in the finals. Hayden Gonzalez. Shout out to Hayden Gonzalez. He threw some dirty bag, uh, dirty dragons this weekend. Dude. Ooh-wee. Dude, I'm telling you what. I kn- I not known about this kid, but There's I know the about him now. They're called Dirty Dragons. Yeah, man, he has a really funky kind of release at the end. Where like every time he threw a bag, I'm like, oh, is that going? Oh, it, it went in. Okay, sweet. <laughs> but um, yeah, he played a very clean game. Um, he has all the shots. He had a re- some really really clutch airmails. Um, but he played very. He did not have an easy road. He had to face off uh, his first game. He had to face off. He had to double dip Joe Neistat. And then he had to go on, and then he beated, uh, defeated uh, Jim- Jeremiah Ellis, and that was a that was a, that was a good game because Ellis was down big early, and he did what he did. He hung on, got one big round, and then before you know it, it's tied nineteen nineteen, and uh, the kid just kind of hung on and just took the punches when he when he did, and it, it, super impressive. So he did a really solid job. I was I was happy to see Nistet in the finals here, yeah, because. It looked previously like Kenny was kind of like I don't know, like fighting his throw self a little doubts bit. or something. Yeah, you know, something was going on, man. It w- it just wasn't like I mean, the, he ran the gambit. He was king seat all the way through, and then got double dipped by Hayden. So like he was, he was and he had beaten he Hayden hot. earlier in a good game. But when you watch the warm ups right away, to me, right away, you could just see that Hayden was feeling it. Oh yeah, and Joe was a little rusty because who did Hayden beat in the semifinals? If you, can you scroll down the one right before Neistat? That's right, he beat yeah, Modlin. Modlin. So I'm saying, like, and he played. I mean, the kid had to go through the gauntlet. Like, he played really well. He deserves a shout out. Um, and then he lost a t- uh, he lost a tough match to, I think it was, I think it was actually Trader eventually. It was oh, to Ryan. To Ryan. That's right. Yep. That's right. That's right. Okay. Um, other bracket winners: Gavin Cano. I thought just demoralized uh, Fisher Hamilton. I mean, Fisher just did not have his good his right stuff, but. Kano did not give one fuck. You know, everyone always talks about you ran know, right through Hamilton, like over Kano. Dude, not now. I'm not sorry, right now. Kano, man, like I, I feel like he, he, he has just made a post. He made a post increase. on Facebook, which I thought was awesome. He posted something about like, hey, he's like, I won my bracket. He's like, so I was happy about that. But he's like, there's still things I need to like to work on and like polish up. But he's like, he feels good going into the pro. That's kind of how exactly how I feel about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, like I'm like, listen, man. <laughs> you did what you did. You won your bracket. Awesome. That's mm-hmm. the first step. You can't win the whole thing without winning your bracket. So you, you won step one. And then, yeah, it's, they're long days. I think that you just, once you kind of get that over that hump, though, he's going to be a big problem this season. I really, I really I believe. It's starting to come down to conditioning and shit, too. Like, you got to, you got to play these long days and be ready for Not it. Even you conditioning because these guys are so young. I think sometimes it's um it's a mental thing too. Like That's getting into a routine, get, get into yeah. a routine kind of thing. You got to just have you got to be able to get up from being cold and start slinging you right away. Want to pull away. up Kano's uh, bracket real fast? Yeah, I think it's this one. No, that's Traders. That's that one. That was Traders. Oh, that was Caden Allen. That was another interesting match. Frank Verona versus Caden Allen in the finals for theirs. I had not seen Caden Allen thrown much um, before. Like, I know he's obviously a stud, yeah. right? He's won opens before. Frank Verona was a name that I'd heard, but again, it's not somebody I'd really seen a lot. Their match was interesting. Uh, it went two. Verona ended up holding off the double dip, but he's got kind of a funky throw, yeah. and he's he's a little inconsistent, but he has these... He has these 
weird ability to manufacture points in big rounds, like mm-hmm. in just scoring in chunks. That he's he's one of those guys that he strikes me as like I think he's going to make a run at one of these nationals, but I think he needs like a full season under his belt to kind of get the consistency aspect down. But he has skill. I mean, the kid clearly is very good. He won this bracket. Um, and then going back to the Kano Fisher Hamilton, um, I mean, the final, I mean, Gavin kind of handled both times, 22 to one the first time. And then the final match was 24 to nine. Well, that I was mean, against Nico actually. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. I forgot about that. That's right. Cause they, um, that was early on in the broadcast. And yeah, then they Nico, must have Nico off. beat right. Fisher Hamilton That's to make right. it into the championship. Yeah, Fisher just seemed a little bit off. I don't know what it was. Like, he just a little bit right, a little bit left. But, I mean, still, I mean, obviously, he finishes, what, third in his yeah, bracket still. Still. <laughs> still very good. Still throws pretty Still very good. Well, I pull up one of the other ones here. Cheyenne Bubenheim made a little bit of a run. Uh, she lost in the King yeah. match to Ryan Wiedenfeld. And then she lost in the finals 21-8. Other names that kind how, of made a little bit of a run. How impressive is that, though? Dude, she's super pregnant. Yeah. And still slinging at this level. Good Lord. She's really good, man. And we've all know, known that I know, I know she's really good. It's just, it's super impressive because you have a physical obstruction attached attached to your body now. And, it and just, the, the thing, although she's pregnant, yes, I think one thing that we're not, we didn't give enough credit to in this is that this is year two of her throwing the same bags again. Yes. That's a that's big big jump. Like she, we know she's immensely talented. But when you're going through them, throwing a viper to then throwing a game changer, like you're kind of going back and forth. But now you get two years, man. It is nice if if all works out well. And we, I think everyone wants healthy baby, healthy yes. mom, and then if she's able to come back, I, I mean, man, that's a, a whole new motivation, people. Hundred percent. And you that might be, be this might be the moment we've been waiting for. Yeah. And her making a deep run like this. Losing to Wiedenfeld, who is immensely talented, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And he's kind of, like, got that game that is the one that Cheyenne just still Taylor seems... Taylor-made to beat Cheyenne Yeah, man, right just now. somebody that, like, okay, if you if we have a bunch of shit here and I can't airmail over top and I have to lay up, he, they can still flop and roll one over top. Yeah. The, it's, the, it's the level two block that gets Cheyenne. Yeah. But the level one, she just clears out. She doesn't give a shit anymore. She goes so, right through it, but... It's nice to see Wiedenfeld back here because he was one of those names coming in last year where everyone we would have been talking about like, oh, my God, like this guy's going to do great. He had a very solid rookie year. But again, going into a tournament as we get closer to the start of the season, you want to see these young guys that are super talented. Can they put it all together? It was nice to see him kind of make that run again. I mean, his bracket looking through is not easy. Yeah, I mean, he beat Josh Holland to get into that. And fast. I don't know if you watch doubles at all. Yeah, that dude is a motherfucker. Did he win? Dude. I think he won um, seniors. He, won, he might. Yeah, I yeah, would he, not doubt I think him. He did win it, but him and Kaylee Hunter paired up, and I think they won their bracket. Yeah, like I mean, they were they were on a run. He's nasty. Uh, Josh Holland made an, a little bit of a a little bit of a run. Um, let's sit, trying to see other names here. Scroll down to the loser bracket towards right there. Uh, Gage Landis made a run. Uh, Jade Nellis. Okay, so there's his name right there. So he loses in. With the quarterfinals of the losers bracket, so he's right there. So, mm-hmm. all right, pull up another bracket. Oh, which one we got here? Probably seen that. Talked one. on that one a little bit. Trader bracket. Again, he plays Ryan Windsor. Windsor. Windsor again, throw him really, really well, but just Trader just did what Windsor does, just a little better. That was also that Mark day. Richards' bracket too. Was it really? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, Richards uh, struggled a little bit. Went through this guy. 
So Jeremiah Ellis, uh, he wins his bracket again. No surprise. Yeah, we've talked about him a bunch this season. Very high expectations. Other notable names: uh, Trevor Kufis. How about him taking down Damon Dennis? Oh yeah, I love to see it. Yeah, so it's um, it's it's a real deal. So Trevor Kufis is another name. He had a very solid. I think he finished thirtieth or thirty fourth something. Right around like there, that yeah. singles last year. Very quiet season. Um, doubles, they wish they could have done a little bit better, but in singles, Trevor's one to kind of keep an eye on. Like again, he could. Maybe make that next jump into, does he sneak into like a top 20 player? Oh, yeah. Maybe. And then, I like mean, this. Damon Dennis, tried and true. Noel Almanza, another one that's uh, happy to see that he's just sticking yeah, he's, around, he's, like he's, being consistent. Yeah, he's been solid. He's His fashion statements this weekend, though. My Lord. He is, uh, he's an interesting cat, man. He, that he is. Interesting cat. Oh, wow. What a generous spot that was. Uh, Sorry. I think, I think he got it. All right. So switch over to doubles. Sure. Let's scroll down and look at the champions first. So in doubles, we had Adam Hisner and Trey Birchfield. They take down Jacob Gore and Hunter Thorne. Um, in third place, tied for third place, we had Jeremiah Ellis and Ryan Hart. And then there we go, Kaylee Hunter and Fath Sem. Second in the bracket, we had Quinn Reeves and Tony Forbes. Noel Manza and Isabella Soprenit. Duncan Clemmer and Josh Holland. Brat Guy and Met Guy. Um, what I'm excited about is Clemmer and Holland for sure. I draft them in my fantasy league. So I like seeing them put something together. Brett and Matt guy, uh, Matt and Brett guy. We like seeing that. We'll just call them guy nation. We like that. I mean, I, I'm liking seeing them. I like to see them. Hell yeah. I mean, that's, um, to me, do you see them? I mean, obviously I, I see them being successful in doubles more so than singles this season. Like I, I just, the singles game is, is I think what might have passed them by. We'll see. I don't know. It, it's interesting because they faced off a team um, in their bracket final against Jacob Gore and Hunter Thorne. And I watched that match and I, I kept thinking to myself, I'm like, man, this is just stylistically, this is kind of like a guy nightmare. And I was thinking if I'm guy nation and I, and I don't know if they did this or not, I don't know if Matt always throws outside Brett's always inside, but I was thinking put Matt against Hunter Thorne. Make Hunter Thorne try to run bags with Matt. And I, I don't because I think Jacob can, and we've seen it before. Oh, yeah. He can, he but can then do it. Can Brett do enough just to kind of frustrate Jake a little well, bit? Brett's, and just hang with him. Brett's you know what bread, I mean? bread and butter is that like fourth bag kiss, like where he just curls it in there off the side. Like, I mean, he's really good at sneaking in bags. And, they, and that happened. Yeah. Um, but, you know, hats off. Hunter Thorne threw really well. Jacob Gore is Jacob Gore, and they're going to be a problem this year. Um, if, if, if they're throwing that well, but then Adam Hister and Trey Birchfield got to love seeing that. Man. I, I do 100% because that, I think that quieted a lot of doubters, including myself. I didn't know how this was going to work out and at what level. And again, it's an open, so we'll, we'll take it how you want Grain to salt for sure. It's a nice step. It is a good step in the right direction showing yeah, I mean, that they can be some other really good teams like Gore and Thorne. And I absolutely like, I love to see the same thing for Ellis and Hart yeah. because again, another duo pairing that, Maybe some question marks were up in the air, but man, they're they're throwing well. Yeah, um, Jimmy Humans and Brady Foster, I believe they're a pro doubles team this year. Um, they threw they threw okay. Humans just did not seem to have an answer. Um, I'm trying to remember who knocked them out. It might have here, been can, yeah. If I you got don't mind these, uh, here, so oh, that's the. Is it that? Was that? It might have been that. One more down. No. 
Let me go back to this one. Maybe it is here. Yeah, that's who it was. It yeah. was they lost to Quinn Reeves and Tony Forbes in that match. It just it just didn't seem like Jimmy. I thought Jimmy Humans in that match, he should have played like an alpha. He'd have been like, I've been here before, like I'm the best player here. And I just didn't see it from him. You yeah, know what I, mean? I mean, and he's still a very good player. You know, what I mean, I just I I hope I hope we see Jimmy Humans get back to the main stage and being relevant again. You I know, think a lot of it's really, like really getting, getting with the times too and how to combat all the the blocks and everything because yeah. you can't just like push through everything now. I agree. You got to just take the punches while you can and hit the timely airmail. I mean, that's really the name of the game now. Let's see other team. Um, you got Justin Burton Jr. and Sammy Soto paired up. They ended up taking third. They lost to Noel Monza and Isabella Soprenit. Gotta love seeing Ila, uh, is a, uh, I'm sorry, it, seeing Bella back. Um, it's nice, man. And yeah, she's really good. For sure. She's really good. And people, I, I don't know if we forget that when at the time she was leaving, she was the ranked highest in pro singles out of every female. That she was. Um, I'm taking some notes here. I'm trying to. Kaylee Hunter. Yeah. Back. It's interesting that her and Bella both had a run in open, right? In open doubles because they're two of those names. Those were like kind of question marks. Going into last year, I think a lot of people expected Kaylee Hunter kind of take that next step yeah. and maybe firmly establish herself as that number two next to Cheyenne. We've talked about it before. It, that is still very murky. It is. Like, There's it is no still clear cut a number giant two. toss yeah. up. There is Cheyenne, and then tier two is a huge mess. We're still waiting for the next person. I think Kaylee Hunter and Bella both have the capability of being that person, but we have to, we, I, they've got to put it all together. Yeah, for sure. I agree 100%. I just. Hunter looks. I, obviously, there was stuff going on last year, right? I believe more. Her and Graham broke up. I think that there was some like. There there's had to be some like sort of like mental angst last year, right? Yeah, but is it weird that I still believe more in Bella? No, no, I know. I'm it? just saying in regards to this, though. And same thing with Bella. Bella, yeah. obviously, there was some stuff going on behind the scenes that could have affected her play. And. For her, she didn't even get the ability to play at the end. Yeah. So we never knew, like, is this going to affect her at all? But she came here this weekend and I had a really nice run. For sure. And she yeah. was throwing very, very well. Um, and being a team like Burton Jr. and Sammy Soto is no joke. Not at all. Like two of the, I mean, two of the, probably the best players out of Texas. Yeah. Going I'm, into this, if you would have given me a draft of players to pick, they would, they would have been a top five pick. The weird thing is, like, I didn't see either one of those names in the singles. It's weird, right? It's very weird. Very weird. Weird, man. Weird. Hell yeah. All right. Next bracket. Yep. Let's do it. This is the Hissner Birchfield bracket here. Derek Holland and Alex Rawls lost to them in the um, King Seat yeah. match. And then Dun- Duncan Clemmer and Josh uh, Josh Holland came back and then lost uh, 23-13. Again, I like obviously Hisner Birchfield. We said it before. Win it all. Love seeing it. I, I Clemmer and Holland was that team. that's like, what? Yeah. Like okay, locally, I guess it makes sense. Like I think they're both out of Carolina, but now they're throwing cat bags. Like, but everything I kept hearing locally was that Duncan Clemmer can do some disgusting thing with these cat bags that they're throwing. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it didn't hurt because Josh Holland is still really good. We know this. Yes, as long as he's got the kitty in his hand. Put a little kitty in his hand, and he and can be really watch dangerous. It watch it purr. Apparently, Hisner and Birchfield did not give a shit, though. They did so. not. Yeah, so, uh, again, that match with Brett Guy, Matt Guy, and then uh, 
Thorne and Gore was really, was really a good match. And even the finals was an awesome match. Yeah. Um, just went kind of back and forth, but, um, Gore and Thorne just kind of hung out and that's a big win for them. Like going into a, a pro, like, like a national and stuff like that. Having beating a team as like a, a veteran team, like guy nation, it's, it's a step in the right 100%. direction. Hundred nice percent thing to say. All right. You want to do some bag reviews? Sure. And it's not just making them smaller. They completely reshape them. They make them more supple and symmetrical. I got to catch a glimpse of these warlocks. Let's make a move. All right. If you're in the market for a new set of boards, all right, to throw your new set of bags on, all right, consider checking out gnarly boards. If you check them out on Facebook, all right, you'll notice that they sell some of the top of the line boards on the market, pro level style stuff. Go to gnarly bags and gnarly boards.com. And you can also check them out on Facebook. And if you use code big ASP, you're going to save yourself some money. And you know what? Since um, I, I pre-approved one graphic on it, just um, oh, yeah. if you're looking for a custom set and you want to use oh, yeah. the Brownie the Elf logo, oh, really? why don't you go ahead and just uh, we'll, we'll give you guys the okay. Just reach out to us first and we'll make sure that oh, yeah. it's okay. All right. We'll, we'll sign off on it. And Gnarly some, would be more than happy to help you guys out with Absolutely. that. Absolutely. So, yeah, they already have a, a sweet little design. Just a little brown of the elf down in the bottom, bottom corner. Kind of, it's pretty sweet looking. We should let them be known. Like, if, if anyone's out there and they're like, oh, I like you guys' logo, I'd love to put that on. Like, for sure. Uh, just reach out. Reach That's out, all man. we ask. Yeah. If you just reach out, like, for sure, we can we can hook you up. Like, it's just, uh, we don't like people just printing it without our permission. That's Hell just yeah. weird. That's Hell just weird. Yeah. All right. But so, Sean, let's we go. Got, Rocket bags. Yes. All right. So let's start off with the first bag, Zero Hour. Now, these bags are stamped. They're ACO stamped bags. Um, I've been hearing some good things about these bags, though. From what I've been told is that I think that there are is a, a little contingency in Europe that also has been throwing these quite a bit. Yeah. Um, this first one, Zero Hour, is a hybrid carpet style bag with a familiar slick side, right? Yeah. So it's pretty it's pretty among what we've been seeing out there. Only they use the other slick side material, rather viper slick. It's just that reverse side, and then the 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 carpet, the hybrid carpet material, is stuff that we're we've been seeing we've been around seeing pop all around. Yeah. Um, so again, speed wise, it's going to play. We'll call it like a five and a half on the slow side. We'll call it a nine on the slick side. Um, it's a nice. It's actually a very clean bag, man. I'm actually is, super yeah. impressed. I mean, the uh, closing seems real like. Did you just notice how tiny, like, it's just like one thin stitch across the top. Like it's real clean looking. It's, it's super clean. I like, and I, it sounds dumb, but I love the, the color thread that kind of matches the yeah. rest of the, the design. And then how about just a little shout out to them? How about you're putting your actual business like dot com or website on there? Yeah. I mean, it's rocketbags.biz. It's great. But still, it's dope. Like that's smart, smart marketing. It's smart marketing. It's a clean design. Template-wise, it is a... If I had it, I think it's a smaller-feeling template. A little bit, yeah. It is um, on the it's fuller on the, side. Yeah, it's on the thicker side. It's definitely sure. on the fuller side. But the template itself is super interesting because the edges of these are just slightly pushed in. So it holds a pretty squared shape. It almost reminds me of like that emerald cut design from Gladiator, a little bit, but, but not, not quite sharp. extreme. Yeah. yeah. But it's a really nice template. I, I'm actually digging the the template and the size of the bag was really nice because it it is a little bit on the smaller side. Although it's thicker, it, I threw these very nice and they, I feel this these materials feel like they want to break in fast. Yeah. So 
all in all, I'm a fan. Like it's um, is it well made? Familiar. Man. Like the only thing that I'm like feels different is the fill. I'm it trying to feels think. a little crunchier um, than some of the stuff that we've been feeling recently. Definitely. It's just. Um, it's definitely not flat disc. It's not flat disc. Um, it might have some, but it does not feel like it. It's a fill that makes it react a little bit more than what you're typically seeing with some of these like super flat disc heavy fills um, out there for this hybrid carpet. But still, I mean, it's. I like a just f- thicker f- feeling bag. The in my feel hand. of the bag and the look of the bag makes me think that they put a lot of work into the template first for sure yeah and then they're like oh shit we still need to put stuff inside kind of thing yeah because it does feel like the popular stuff that would have been around we would have felt a lot like two years ago Mm -hmm. um but all in all it plays nice though it it does throw nice it's kind of that like bg-ish like og fill a little bit yeah but not quite as uh not as much round it's definitely a bunch of irregular stuff i feel like in there yeah, but oh no, it's good. Yeah, it like is I said, nice though. I, five and a half on the sl- we'll sell s- slow side, nine on the slick. Um, All right, design score for yeah. me. I'm gonna give it a. I'll give it an eighty. Yeah, I think it's clean. I like it. Um, it's okay for like a stock bag. Yeah, I'm gonna go with. I'll go with a ninety for this one. Performance wise, um, I like I like this carpet bag. I mean, I do like that it's a smaller template. Um, it plays really nice, man. I have not, I mean, just, it really comes down to slick side. I don't know what it's a personal preference. Yeah. I don't know why. Um, I'm going to go with 76. Okay. I'll go, I'll go, I'll go 74. Okay. On it. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. All right. And then the next one we have is the firestorm. Also an ACO, ACO approved bag. Um, this is your classic, like wizard type bag, yeah, for lack of the, better terms. The you, mimic wizard. You have herringbone carpet with the same slick side that you're going to see. Um, so, like a wizard can create a firestorm. Yes, correct. It's made a firestorm here. Um, same template that is on zero hour, which I like. It's the high single. Stitch closing seam across the top. Across the board, these both feel kind of similar in the hand. Like they really do. Wise and everything, which again I appreciate that as a player because you can switch different speeds and feels. Really, that's a really good point. Yeah, correct. And I think it's something that some of these companies. I mean, I understand that the different fill can make a difference, but like when you're throwing a tournament and then all of a sudden, like next round, you're like. Hey, these tacked up a little bit. I need something faster. And then you go switch to something that's all flat disc. It feels completely different it in does. your hand. It does. Sometimes it's nice to have bags that are just different speeds and can do the same feel in the hand. Like it's it's very nice. I mean, very again, nice. and again, just template wise, they're de- they're definitely smaller. I mean, we just happen to have the Reynolds Thunder here. Yeah. And we spoke on this last week that we just felt like this bag was enormous. But I'm putting a rocket bag on top of the Reynolds bag, and, and there is a clear the white edge yeah. around, like all four sides. Um, but you, again, it, it, if you're a herringbone guy and you're an, and you need an ACO bag, I mean, this is a really good bag. I, it I, is. Yeah. I, it, it makes me think I'm like that. I like this it, fill it better me, in the herringbone than I do the the hybrid. I'm hard pressed to say that this is somebody brand new in the in the game. Yeah. Like this feels like somebody that's been making bags for a little bit. And I mean that as like 
a good thing. Like yeah, a night, sure. it's supposed to be a compliment. And I, I'm hoping that we can talk after this. Cause I would be interested to know, like, is this somebody that has been making bags for a while Could and they just finally are like now getting yeah, into like making just, it happen. Yeah. Cause it, again, the template is I think really I know exactly nice. who you're talking about. I think that, I think the template is very, very nice. Um, Design wise, I dig this design, man. I like this um, one a lot more than the yeah. Last I'm going. One. I'm going to go. I'm going to go 99 in the design. It's pretty sweet. I like it. I'll go Hundo. And again, this is a stock design, like which it. is yeah. pretty sweet. So, um, performance wise, again, herringbone carpet is not my favorite. This gets a, a leg up actually because it, it's a little stiff still and it's not broken in. Yeah. Um, I tend. I don't know why. And I know there's a lot of debate out there. I like this color herringbone. I have a set of X-ray from WTF that that was like the one set that I'm like I'm gonna like herringbone, goddamn it, and throw it. It was this same stuff, yeah, same color. Um, so I've always liked that a little bit. I like the I like the orange myself. Um, it, it's again, but I get it. Different colors, man. They, if we're going based on how I throw it, I like the template, and I think it's a very good fill. But just for me, I'm gonna go a little bit lower. I'm gonna go seventy two. Yeah, it took the words right out of my mouth. Um, Unanimous? I'll double down. I'm going to go okay. 74. Okay. You're right? going to go up a little bit? Yeah. Okay. Just because, Again, I, I do appreciate the fact that they are kind of the same feel. Like, it's it's nice going between bags. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't mind that at all. Before we get into dramatic readings, I just had a few things. That, like, I had written down when I was watching matches throughout the day. Um. The first thing I've written then was Elmanza fashion, just because whenever he was wearing doubles, like I'm like, dude. And I actually, um, I, well, I took a picture. Yeah, I respect him for being himself, uh, man. Where's he at? Oh, 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 oh. Reasons, where's he at? I know I took a picture of him. Oh, here he is. I wanted to show you. So is he like the, is he like the John Daly of... Dude, I love it. The cornhole world? I wish more people would take a little... Extra flair with them onto the boards. Why not? Moment, uh, moment of silence. <laughs> All right. The next one I had, um, little note I had written down. Ellis just locks in when he gets in that zone. Yeah. Like it's like you wonder, like oh, and some there are some matches that he starts it and he's just a little off and you can see it. But then every match he seems to hit that point where like oh shit, he might just never miss again. He goes from having fun. To being pissed off at cornhole yep. real fast, yep. and it only benefits him. Um, I had good to see Bella back and Kaylee Hunter is back. Question mark. So we talked about that. Then the other one I had written down was Graham and Maudlin. Eh. Didn't have didn't have the best showing. Yeah, I just I I want. Graham see it. was another name that we did not see on that list. Yeah, um, it's in it's singles. Yeah, man, Maudlin was there though. He was, and I I just I'm interested to see how this is going to go. Because like again, when you're doing like when we're trying to do rankings and stuff like that, we have to take that in consideration. And Has Graham ever been that good at opens though in the last three no, years? You're, no, it's a really good point. Actually. He shows up to national. No, I know, I know, gamer, I know, man. Like, I know, I know. I feel I just, like especially in Myrtle but, Beach, but that's, when you that's are a chance for a young man to go out and have some fun and just enjoy his time, I think that's man. what he. Yeah, and I think that's what he takes it as. Like. I hope he does. For I think. Sanity. I also like, think that this is he is he is a professional cornhole player. Yeah. And when he goes to the events, he expects to win. So I don't think he's going to be like, yeah, I just I didn't really care about this. I don't think there's a Jamie Graham that goes to the these competitions that doesn't expect to win. 
So I think it is a little bit alarming. Helps though. Again, I, it's just an open. Again, we talked before about games passing people by. I'm not saying that the game is passed by Jamie Graham because we know how good the guy is. But what I'm saying is the style of game that Frank Modlin plays is that is it are they going to be able to put together enough matches against certain opponents? I mean, I think Frank Modlin making a decent run here says yes. Like I hope he so. Can still compete. Then I think as a doubles team, I think they're going to be fine. Yeah, I think they'll I think, be. I think they'll be just fine. So, all right, let's go to dramatic readings. In a world where bean bags have brought men to their knees, social media serves as sanctuary for keyboard warriors. Time for the dramatic readings. Addicted to cornhole? Kevin Michael. Question. What's people's thoughts on trash talkers during an ACL tournament? Gaia was playing with in an ACL double elimination tournament the other night, wouldn't shut up and ran his mouth the whole game while I was throwing and my teammate. It was a championship game and we ended up winning, but he was getting under my skin. Jesus. Thanks, man. We yeah, all needed that. I just wanted to really uh, bring the dramatics home. Um, Listen, I said it before. I'm okay with trash talking. As long as you're not intentionally trying to fuck up somebody's throw, like by like making a noise when they're throwing or there's something. There's trash talking and then there's distracting. Correct. If you're if you're just trash talking and you're you're trying to play that mental game, I I'm okay with it. I, I really am. Like I think it brings an element of kind of fun to the game. And again, this game is a lot mental. Yeah, it's all mental. And again, if there's somebody that's running their mouth, there's no better feeling than if you beat them. Hundred percent. No. But I would never let them forget. Like I would be <laughs> chirping so much after that, after that, oh, it'd be obnoxious. You just, you're usually the chirper that, you know, Sometimes gets it just, it just depends. <laughs> it, it depends. Cause like there's different types of trash talk. Like I don't, I rarely, I don't even think I'm trying to remember unless I'm playing somebody like Rinaldi or somebody like I'm really familiar with. I don't really trash talk directly to my opponent. It's more of like a passive aggressive form. I'm more like talking to you. Yeah. Like about like the body, like he's done. Like he's done. I'm not going to miss again. Like it's, we're good. My, my we're favorite, good. my we're favorite good. statement to make when I'm facing somebody who's looking at my partner, I'm like, Oh, don't worry. So-and-so has got a five in him. Like, <laughs> dude, it comes to fruition really more does. often than not. It's like commentator. Um, yeah. And I, I love to say that to people and, yeah, I mean, again, you can always wear headphones. I'm just going to say it loud enough that you hear it, no matter what. So, And then if you're wearing headphones facing me, my favorite thing is to say something to you that is nothing. And then watch you take your headphone out and be like, oh, shit, I forgot you have headphones in. Oh, yeah, the <laughs> best. You put it back on, even though I said absolute nonsense. And here's the best I'll part. Be like, my dog what do is most, <laughs> What do most players do? When they're down in a match, like down big, like, right. Like, let's say like, uh, if they're wearing headphones, don't they all take them off or take yeah, them out? Exactly. The, R- right. This, this is the reason. Uh, nah. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's funny because so many people use this as like a crutch, yeah. but there are a lot of times where people were like, all right, I got to take my hat off. Yeah. Or, the no, screw that. It's the fucking headphones done. I gotta, I gotta be, I gotta listen to this. It's, it's always interesting to see what happens with that. I mean, there's arguments to be made that it's just like, mental reprieve like you walk away from it and think something else for a minute maybe that can help you refocus but 
No, I just, I don't know. Not seeing the trash talk, it's hard to comment on this um, particular case, but I'm there with you. I am all for the talking of trash. Because why not? I am with you. Why not? You want to go to the next one? Certainly. Do it. Addicted to Cornhole. Adam Sinkus. ACL. Are they making a crash grab? Or are they still focused on growing the sport? What did I say crash? <laughs> Let me restart. <laughs> ACL. Are they making a cash grab? Or are they still focused on growing the sport? Please be respectful of others' opinions. Leave a comment below. <sighs> crash crap. <laughs> What's a crash crap? Uh, abort. I got, abort. I got tongue tied. All right. Crashing grabbers. Crash grabs. Crash grabs. <laughs> Anyways. Um, cash this, grab crabs. I saw this early on. Like, I think when I saw this, it had only been posted up for like a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like a few minutes, and it would already. And I, I already knew. I'm like, Jesus, this is gonna get a million comments. Yeah. So obviously, I felt the need. I'm like, I'm gonna chime in here a little bit. Like, just this opportunity to like, yeah, just, why not a, just yuck it up. <laughs> it is one of those. I think that this is this is one of those posts again. Why Trey's joining us later? I agree. I think there is a very big disconnect, and I I made a comment on this post. And I'm gonna, I, and I still think it holds true. I think that cornhole as a sport, as a game, whatever the fuck you want to consider it, we are still very much in the grand scheme of things. We are in the infant stages of doing this at the professional level. Yes, because it is so near and dear to us. Because the lo- because the pros are local to us, and they still attend the same events. For some reason, we feel like whatever decisions that the ACL is, is making needs to benefit us as well. The non pro players. Yeah. What we need to remember is that the ACL is trying to grow a brand and that brand is yes. Cornhole as a game overall, but at the professional level. Yeah. Like that's like, I think that's their focus. You can't do that without wanting the game to grow. Like if it stayed where it was at, and this is one of the questions I want to ask Trey later, if the game stays right where it's at, it doesn't grow at all. Is it a success? I I don't know. I I don't think it is. I mean, yeah, we're on ESPN a little bit, but I, you know, everyone's doing so much traveling nowadays. I would love to see cornhole grow in its own. I know it has been growing in its own communities, pretty big new communities sprouting up, but I almost feel like we're in an area where it's a bit stagnant. Like you keep seeing the same people out, like maybe one or two new every now and again, but like, I would love to see it spread even bigger. Like I would rather have 10 blind draws to choose from on any given night. Yeah. Than have one place to go throw with a shit ton of people. Yeah. We just, you just need enough interest yes. in the general community. And that's really the, that's what it and comes And that's down where to. I feel like the sport needs to grow and i think it's kind of the writings on the wall with the state based format that they're looking at you yeah. you you get a local grassroots area to grow it for you when it comes to sports though it doesn't get bigger than espn 
No. So the fact that you're putting your product on a network as large as ESPN is a win for the game in general. 100%. I know there were people chiming in at some point trying to make this about bag manufacturers and stuff. Like just because they are, they're establishing policies, they're not forcing anybody to, to be like, it's, if you are going this route and if we are willing to accept your application because you're a legit business, then there's rules you have to follow. You're not finding too many people who went the stamp route anymore that are like, this is bullshit. We don't like it because like they kind of understand it. We we see people that are getting the stamp that we never thought we'd see getting a stamp. Hundred percent. So times are changing. Folks. Times is changing, and I and I get there, and I think that this is why I'm excited to see what Trey has to say. For whatever reason, the anti ACL rhetoric, right? Is it's loud, man, and, and I get it. And like, are they perfect? No, they they make plenty of mistakes, and I'm sure that they would admit that too. But I think to say that there is just a cash grab and they have no interest in growing the game. If they want to make more money, the game needs to they need the game needs to grow. Yes, simple. It's just simple as that. Hundred percent. And again, I, I one of the questions to grow too. I, I've said it the last few weeks. I just have this weird feeling right now that we're in this very weird, and crucial time in the game right now, where we can either go really well and this game is going to launch in the stratosphere and it's going to be widely popular, or it's just going to be kind of this. All right. This is our pinnacle, man. Like yeah. this is, this is about as good as it's going to get. And it's going to turn into a, if you can afford to travel and find some sponsors that do it and it's going to be good. Like we're going to have a very strong community, but we're never going to be like big shit. Yeah. We'll be on, we'll be on TV between sandwich between like NBA games and, yeah. you know, stuff like that, which yeah. I mean, I think it'll forever be that, but I, I wanted to mention though, you went to the Cavs game. I did. Um, on Friday night when, Ohio State was playing as well. Yes. On three successive channels on my cable, I had football, cornhole, basketball. That was pretty awesome. Nice. Just wanted to shout that Congrats. out. It, was, uh, it wasn't a fun night, though. Like, Cavs lost. They did Ohio lose. Ohio State lost. But I hit my parlay, so it was good. I hit my parlay, too. So that was nice. Um, but yeah, no, it was, uh, it was tough. All right, let's get to this last dramatic reading. One more? One more. You want it? I want it. Take out it, man. Take it. Addicted to Cornhole, Chaz Tower. Notes from a director. We always do our best to make a fun, safe, and fair environment for all players of every skill level. I've made mistakes. I've admitted to all of them. Never claimed to be perfect. I've tried to make as even of a playing level as I can for everyone. As many errors, misjudgments, or bad calls I've made, I've never cheated. Ever. Ever will. Not once. It has cost me a lot of money. If you're someone that gets so worked up and irritated over something so minuscule as your seating in the end of a season co-ed fun league in the lower division, please don't come back. Give in your entry fee, beg to please finish the event, couldn't pull it off. I tried. Rant over. Hashtag dramatic greetings. Love that just lead in. Shout out finish. to the hashtag dramatic readings. Because yes. if you do that, like, I mean, that obviously. That needs to stay forever. Did you see my response? No, I didn't. Do you have I, it there? Um, I put, it was, because uh, I saw his hashtag dramatic readings. I put, uh, it was like hashtag, um, like accepted or something like that. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> yeah. So shout out to Chaz. Um, I've said it for a long time. I don't think directors get enough credit for the work that they put in. 
And 100%. I think that there is this unfair narrative from the coronal community that everyone that runs an event is just making millions of dollars doing it. <laughs> and they, and everyone suddenly becomes an accountant. If and, they made millions doing it, Sean, I would be running events. Yeah. And it's just <laughs> like, <laughs> they take a lot it's of a shit. lot of work. And, uh, listen, People don't realize like looking for sponsorships for like lanes and stuff like that. I mean, that is all work. I can also understand being even if you're like a low end player, right? If you're just a competitive person, you're you're fiery. I get that sometimes you lose your cool a little bit. I I get it, but you you just can't necessarily lose it on the person that's making it possible for you to do that, like to be there and play. Yeah. So um, I've always tried to show one of the first people I have. I always want to go see. I just want the tournament director know I'm here. Yeah. I mean, thank you. Hey. Because again. Unless you're one of the ones staying that got there early and helped set up, or you're staying late and tearing down, you shut the fuck up and you thank them for having yep. the event. Hey, what, and you're gonna what be back for the next drinking? one. That's, yeah. That should be the only question you're asking. Or Correct. hey, my tablet died. Can I get a new one? All right. Not like, <laughs> well, they're charging a five dollar door fee, and where's that money going? In their motherfucking pocket because yeah. they were there at five a.m. setting up boards. That's where it's going. Or it's going towards the venue so that they can have everyone there to play and if a five dollar door fee if you're trying to do all the math and figuring out if you're that concerned about a five dollar door fee you gotta go reevaluate your life 100 percent. like They're, they have gofundme and shit for that stuff now yeah there's there's costs to running a tournament yeah so. it just gets frustrating man like i just don't get like i, I don't get me wrong i love all the drama stuff yeah. but like sometimes like when we're just bitching about stuff to like it, it just it, it just seems so unimportant it really does. It, it, right? In the grand scheme of things, it's like, why? Why? But, you know, why? in any league, I would say it's a chance, in any league, there's always there's always something that happens like yeah, that. And if that $5 is, like, burning, like, a hole in your yeah. account, don't play cornhole. One of the best, one like, of my favorite memories ever, and I don't even remember who was about, like, there was almost a brawl yeah. at one of our Cleveland Cornhole. And I just remember thinking, I'm like, this is fucking great that people care so much about this that right. they're willing to fight over it. It was great. Uh Eric Anderson? No, and it wasn't Eric. Klein Peter. Well that was one. That was His one time. partner was Eric Anderson. Oh I know. Yeah. But it was somebody else too. What it was Cedo and Josh Miller. Yeah, right. Them too. I think yeah, it was, yeah, some, was another was one. Way back. So yeah, there was a few scuffles, but we, we see some scuffs, man. Yeah. I but that's just passion. Go hug your local director, man. Thank them. Exactly. When next time you go out, just thank them for putting on the event because Buy they do put out. They put they put on a lot of work. They put on a lot of work. All right, put out a lot of work. Too. They do. You want to cue that rap horn? Perhaps. Let's do it, man. I had to wait for you to pull. Oh, no, you got to pull right. pull back. Reach us at Instagram and Twitter at Big Ass Cornhole. And Facebook at Big Ass Cornhole Podcast. And thanks again to our sponsors. Go over and visit dragonbags.com and get yourself hooked up with some great, great bags. Use code BigAsp12 at checkout. It's going to save you some money over at dragonbags.com. And Cornhole Coffee for that morning pick-me-up we're all needing. Go grab your beans over at cornholecoffee.com. Code BigAsp at checkout will save you money. If you're in the market for new boards... Consider gnarly boards. Check them out at gnarlyboards.com. Use code Big Asp and you're going to save yourself some money. Blackjackhornhole.com. Use code Big Asp. You're going to save yourself 10% on a sexy set of bags. If you're looking for something new and exciting and you just don't feel like you always quite fit in, well, hey, 
Go ch- grab yourself a set of Black Sheep Baggers. Go to blacksheepbaggers.com. Use code Big Aspen. You're going to save yourself some money. And last but not least, Big D Bags, man. We've been saying for years, if you are going to be a fan of Big Asp, you might as well have a big old set of Big Ds in your hand. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it's, it's they go hand in hand, literally. Hand in hand. Um, some of the so they are one of. If we want to talk about raving about templates, Big D bags have um, one of the nicest template bags out there. It's so nice that you can't even tell where the closing seam is, and you're like, "How do they get the fill inside? Where does it start? Where, where does, does it, it begin? Start? Where it, the world will never where know. Where does it end? How do you find the center? Mm. The world will never know. Now, how many licks does it take to get to the center? I don't know. Only John. John. Knows. Yeah. Only John. John knows that answer. He does now, for sure. He does. <laughs> He's done the research. He's done all the research. That's folks. called R and D, folks. All right, Patreon. If you are in the market for some bonus content, and in 2024, starting off right in January, we're going to be lo- launching um, some training videos, some tutorial videos from uh, ACL Pro Eric Anderson, and then we're hoping to travel around and um, meet up with some other local pros and people um, within driving distance to try to get some more training videos and content. So if you're in the market for bonus stuff, you like, you want to just hang out with us and do a happy hour call. All right. Go to patreoncom slash big ass cornhole. You'll be eligible for bag giveaways and a whole bunch of fun stuff. So consider for the price of a beer a month, you can support us in our endeavors to so go to patreoncom slash big ass cornhole. And we'll see you there. Fantastic. Oh yeah. All right. So well done. Up next, we have Trey Ryder. Hey, let's not forget about YouTube, too. Oh, YouTube. Yeah, check out YouTube. All right. Um, That's my goal 2024. If you want to ask my goal for the podcast, I would like to see YouTube up to at least 2,000 subscribers. I think we can get that by February. We are just shy of 1,000. Listen, make me boost my goals. Can we, if you're listening to the show, if you haven't, can you just go to YouTube, click subscribe? We are going to be posting up content. Uh, We have a bunch of stuff. Um, that I've been working on that we're going to be rolling out in 2024 and uh, we're going to Hamilton open. So it's going to be another uh, time for content. So it's just, we have a bunch of stuff planned for this year. So go along with the ride with us and YouTube's really just a, our fun place. So we're going to be posting up the yeah. stuff that interests us long. You'll get to see the cribs edition of Hell the yeah. big ass podcast studio here yeah. coming up. And we'll, and then, and then there'll be some little bonus stuff for the Patreon members. hundred percent. Oh yeah. hundred um, percent. But yeah, so we have uh, the Trey Ryder interview coming up next, and then theoretically later this week, the interview with Jason Maletta. I think I'm going to separate it, making it its own little thing. Um, so I'm waiting to hear back from for for him to confirm. But I guess we'll wait and see. We'll see. But if nothing else, we have Trey Ryder on right after this. So I hope you guys enjoy it. A little state of the union from the man himself. And as always, we hope you throw it straight. And it's nothing but four baggers from here on out. Cornhole it later. All right, welcome back. All right, you're done listening to Dane and I ramble. All right, all right. You fast forwarded to the right point. Yep. All right. Can, Trey's here. All right, easy. so Jesus. no more live reads. God damn. <laughs> Trey, what's going on, man? Oh, living the dream, guys. Living the dream. Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New, New Year, New man. Year. 2024. It's kind of weird. Good right? Lord. We've been doing this a long time, all of us. Weird. Yes. In cornhole years, yeah. I mean, we're pretty much ancient now. Like we are, are. We are old school now. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I threw my first. I threw my first bags in 2009. So. Okay, that's your way older. Than you're way, us, yeah, yeah, I mean that's in way that ahead of us in, in th- cornhole years. I just yes. mean like as far as being in the the limelight, I guess, or like five years. Yeah, five like, we're years. going that's going on to five years. Yeah. Were you guys 19? Yeah, so we started that January of the pandemic. So what year was that? 2020. Oh my gosh, that is cr- the Cleveland yeah, court, that Cleveland National. That's the that's the year yeah. we started. Was that January? So we're going on to year five of the podcast. So time flies, man. 
Yeah. And like you Absolutely said, we, look at this. Fi- it only took us this long to finally get like the sign that we paid too much money for hanging that. up behind us, glowing. Uh, we got our painting in the background. We're moving up in the world, looking man. Profesh. Yeah, long Love gone it. are those days where we have the phone held up by the microphone. I know. I haven't got my hair cut for the occasion. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I didn't want to say anything. Right. Just want to look good for Trey. It's looking nice. I, know, I get it. It's looking good. Looking good. Hey, so before we jump into like all the other stuff that we're going to get into, we just had an, uh, Myrtle Beach open, which is. Every yep. year seems to be like one of like the powerhouse opens, like where it's very well attended across the well, board. Who doesn't want to go to Myrtle Beach? Just I get it. To, like at that time of year, it's much no, nicer. No, I, I get it for sure. Hell yeah! But country. it's just every year it's a nice like preseason, like hey, where are we at this season? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I took that as. Do you did you go into it kind of thinking this similarly or? Yeah, yeah, and um, it's crazy. It actually set a record. It's the largest ACL open ever. Damn! What so, were the what were the numbers? We had, yeah, we had well over a thousand unique players Shit. competing at, awesome. at the at the event. So for an open an open consideration, it was absolutely massive. So um, so yeah, I mean, it's like it, anytime you get that many people, it's always like this is a good measuring stick, yeah. right? Whether you're you're a player that's you know competitive intermediate level, or if you're like trying to gauge like who's going to win rookie of the year this year. Right. So, I mean, God regardless, nice I mean, everybody's yeah, <laughs> it, it's a good measuring stick. Dude, I mean, right now, so I knew Ryan trader was good. Like we saw him win an open earlier this year and I've seen him on the junior circuit. I know he's a really good player, but then I saw him play this weekend and I'm like, damn, when he's locked in, like he has that kind of game where it's like, well, he we can do all the shots. He can do everything. Like maybe he's just going to get tired eventually because he takes eighteen steps to throw. But besides that, like it's hard to find a flaw. I want to see his pedometer after last yeah. weekend. I, I mean, guarantee you, he took like forty thousand steps every day. I mean, very, easily. very, very impressive this weekend. I thought. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of it's funny. Anthony and I on around the ACL today. We were recording, and he said he he's getting a little bit of an Allen Rawls syndrome, where okay. it's like he is such an elite good player, and then sometimes like everybody's still kind of like, is he like, is he that good? Like, is he the top five, top 10 player in the world? And so I think more and more people are coming around to the idea that the answer is yes. Yes. But there's a lot of people out there still that are, you know, or, or, and maybe prior to this weekend, I should say, right. Cause this weekend, obviously you go into an open that big, it kind of changes the conversation about everybody, but um, it, it takes a while to earn respect from a lot of different people and get and get to that, that, top of the sport if you will so two things concern um with ryan is i thought game style wise i loved watching him play ryan windsor because to me he plays a very similar game he was just executing it just at a higher clip this weekend but ryan windsor has been playing very well so the fact that he can kind of beat him in that own style game where he's not afraid for his first two bags to kind of just muddy it up and then come through with some epic airmail or push shot that he has no business hitting kind of thing and then dane made a really good point we're all getting really excited, right? He wins a big open. Is he kind of, I mean, where, where are we, We've where do we see him before? Do we see him? Buck. Is he going to really compete for like rookie of the year? Or is it going to kind of be like Alex Hicks, like very talented, but he's an open stud when it comes to pro scene. He's been very, very solid, but he hasn't really cracked that, that top echelon yet. So where do you, do you have a pulse yeah, on this at all? That, that's the biggest concern, and it has nothing to do with him. It just has to do with being a kid. Yeah, yeah. And it happens every every single year. We've never had sustained success for someone under the age of 18 years old. Yeah. Now, for a period of time, that kid is going to be the best in the world, and he's going to do it. The question is how long can he stay there, and can he be a trend 
breaker instead of a trendsetter, right? The yeah. trend tells me, you look at Alex Hicks, you even look at Jack Gore, you look, I mean, you know, Jake Gore is still kind of on that high right now, but, yeah. you know, he's not playing top five right now. He's more playing like top 15, which is, you know, in my mind, still kind of riding that high. The question is, how long can he stay up there? Because yeah. it's so hard as a kid, because when kids first get that good, it's like every there's no adversity, right? It's just like, and what's so difficult and and sometimes why you say why we see so many ups and downs and players come and go is because you know the younger you are in general it's harder to deal with that adversity that's a, just a general trend and some are better at it than others and but if you look at you know you know I, I know people always rolls their eyes if I talk you know Matt Guy in that regard but like Matt Guy is going through ebbs and flows but because he's been around forever and he's gone through life. He knows what it means to have the ebbs and flows in a, in a sport and, and in life in general. So, yeah, he's going to go through periods of down, but he's going to come back up because he knows how to handle those a little bit better. Now, Ryan's got a great head on his shoulders, um, and I think he's got a really supportive family, which I think is super, super helpful. Um, absolutely. And he could be the trend. I mean, he could he could break that trend. Oh, absolutely. Um, he's got the talent, but it's tough. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, like you, like, I don't know, my theory about – the sustainability there is like we all know kids and you know young adults play carefree whereas yeah. when you're when you get older if you're winning at that high clip to me it's more mental fortitude like you can just oh, yeah. lock it down and take it to a different level where like you said the adva- adversity doesn't hinder them like we've seen bad rounds and the guys come back and pour 40 bags in a row like that's what it takes to win tournaments like that to me is where the difference is between that elite level that maybe some of these kids are missing because again, a national is different than an open. I think open, it's easy to win carefree a national though. You're going to hit a speed bump at some point. The last point I'll make on the matter is the other thing that is may not even be mental is okay. When you're 12 and then you're 14 and then you're 16, you get taller. Yeah. You have a different release point. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, when you have a different release point, if I release it literally a foot and a half higher than where I had been in the past, I guarantee you, you have to adjust your throw. Look at Ian And Cripps. when you're continuously adjusting your throw, like he could literally be changing by the, the week yeah. and his, that release point could be changing. That's another variable people have to take in consideration as, as literally kids grow. Yeah. And I just, uh, for sure. And then like time. from your, <laughs> like from 25 to like end of life, you're, it's going outward. Yeah, correct. Instead, so your trajectory yeah, is changing. It goes back down. Yeah, it's changing the angle <laughs> yeah. instead of you know trajectory. Correct. So yeah, yes. you got a whole other <laughs> hurdle coming their way. <laughs> Not even ready for it. Um, other names I've been super impressed with early on this year. Um, I, I, another rookie, Jeremiah Ellis. I think he's going to come in and cause a lot of issues. And every year it seems like we're saying like, oh, do you remember when the rookie class of like Matt guy came in and we're like, how is it ever going to yeah, get better than that? And every year now it's like, it oh is. shit, like is this the best rookie class that's ever been here? Like it's crazy. This year is like, it's going to be fun to watch. I mean, it's getting so deep now. It's going to, it's harder to predict. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll just, it, I think it'll stay like this for a couple of years. I think eventually it has to plateau. Like uh, it, it, it can't keep doing that. But you get, I think it's, uh, you know, a product of the sport. People can get good quick. Yeah. Right. It, it doesn't take eight years for someone to get really good at cornhole. Someone could legitimately in a year's time get to a really, really good level. I mean, that's that's not unheard of in the game. And so if it, if it takes that 
that little of time to ascend, yes, you're going to generally have people come out of nowhere that are going to be really, really special. And then uh, the only negative thing that I kind of took away from the whole tournament is what do you think about Graham and Maudlin? Are we, are we in on this? Are we, I, I don't know. I was kind of eh after this weekend. Like, I, I don't know where, I don't know. But Frank had a so, pretty solid weekend though. In singles, he played well, but we need, I mean, for that team to be elite, Jamie Graham's got to be elite. And are we getting elite Jamie Graham this year? Or is this going to be one of so those? Like you're not getting him now, but how many times has Jamie Graham does, does this? And how oh, many yeah, times no. have I had this conversation? Listen, it's just we like, need to have the conversation. Okay. There's nothing else to talk yeah, about. It's, like, <laughs> it's, it's a circle it's, of life. All right. That's it's, it's crazy. How many times do I walk into an event and Jamie Graham is throwing in a different style? It drives <laughs> right, me yeah. absolutely bananas. Yep. But but the only thing that is consistent about Jamie is his inconsistency in the way he approaches the game. Yeah. And I don't know yeah. if that's good or – I mean that, that has to be good. He's the only person ever to win two singles world championships. So I would say right now they are not an elite team, and they're not really close to it. But – I cannot say with any certainty that I believe that to remain the case for 2024 throughout the year. I, I just, I genuinely can't get behind it because we know Frank can compete at the high level. We know Jamie can, and mm-hmm. it, they could just be one of those teams where they're going to show up national number one. Well, they always have when they play together, four. they all, they just win it's fireworks. I man. mean, so that's what I so interesting that they're off now, but come national one, are we going to see them on a broadcast and be like, what? Well, we're so dumb. Like, why were we ever like, of course this is going right. to work. So, so I don't know. I mean, I think they're a huge question mark right now. I don't have them in my top 10, like when I do power rankings or anything like that. I mean, they'd probably be 20th. I mean, maybe, Sounds I mean, fair. about that right now, maybe, a, maybe even higher, maybe that's, 25th or something like that's that. That's about they're where just, they're getting drafted right now in, uh, in fantasy leagues. Right. So, I mean, those nerds that play in them, I do. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, yeah, maybe. I mean, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. I, I just can't predict. He's the most unpredictable player ever is Jamie Graham. Well put. So you reached out to me like two days ago and um, I, obviously it's an open invitation. So uh, thanks for joining us again. Uh, <laughs> you said you wanted to have a heart. I was going to say, it's weird for me to reach out to. to it is. To, to, it was so weird that I screenshot and sent to Dane. I'm like, dude, did you see like, this? Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, Welcome, Dana. Let's go. You said it, You've obviously you have like a pulse on what's going on and like the last few weeks or even like the last two months has kind of been like just a lot of complaining, a lot of questions out there. Everything's kind of up in turmoil a little bit. The Cornell community is kind of in this weird stage. And I don't know if it's because there's such a long wait, like we're not used to having this long of a wait before like another national and like we're all just revved up and ready to go and people just have, you know, idle minds. You know what I mean? Um, so where do you want to start with all this? Like you said, you wanted to have a heart to heart. I'm going to leave it open question. I have some stuff written down, but you take it away and I'm, I'm just, I'll chime in. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, like I just felt like there was, there's just this building negativity in, in the core and the, what I call the core cornhole community right now. Um, and that's not necessarily a reflection on everybody in any way, shape or form, but it just felt like a growing persistence. And I just, honestly, it was becoming, it was consuming me on a personal level. Like it was, it was affecting me on a day to day basis. You can't read the, the comments, point. Trey. Can't read the comments. Post and goes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> and, and and to an extent, it was it was there was there was a lot of emotion. There was frustration. There was anger. There was, uh, you know, sadness. There, but there was also 
you know, I, I sat down with a lot of our team over the past month and a half, and we've gone through a lot of things. And I think 2024 uh, is going to be is going to be important. And it's going to be and it's going to be really good. And so there's a couple things I wanted to hit on. The first is that, um, you know, uh, as we look at our sport, uh, I really want my conversation here and the words that I say here to be directed at a very specific group of people. And it's the people in the cornhole community who genuinely want the sport to succeed and are willing to help contribute to that movement. And that doesn't mean like here, here's your GoFundMe, put money in this box. If you want to contribute this, it means there's, there's ways that you can contribute in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that is because there's a group of people out there that just want to see the world burn. And that's okay. And there's going to be people in that bucket, no matter what walk of life that you're in. This my my conversation and my words here are not for that person. This is for the person that genuinely wants to see the league, or, or just genuinely wants to see cornhole grow. Okay. Um. So that's you know that's where I want to set the stage. Um, so the ACL and- is not just a cash grab, is what you're saying. This is not just a cash grab. Okay. Right. Um, as much as everybody would like, that'd be so much easier. That I'm telling you, it would be so <laughs> much. Be like, yeah, we want your money. All right, we're trying yeah, to grow it. Yeah, yeah. Here you go, thirty percent payouts. Just and, here. Yeah, correct. Um, Here's my Venmo. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, okay. So you know where to begin off of that. I think there's two ways. I want to talk about accountability first, um, and I'm going to talk about. Um, accountability on the side of the cornhole community. And then I want to talk about accountability on, you know, me as a personal level and in the ACL in general. So the accountability on, on the, the cornhole community side is uh, we have to be more positive. We, we, we flat out have to be um, right now. We, we have way too much negativity. Um, we spend way more time bringing people down than we do lifting people up um, in some instances. And there are certain, you know, when, when news is released and conversations happen and things are celebrated, there seems to be a lot on social media, which is just the way of the world of a lot of, uh, clamoring for negativity first and positivity. Once we learn that intentions are good or everything like is that, uh, and so it's a lot of, uh, guilty until proven innocent type of thing. And, what I'm, what I'm encouraging, and I'm, I'm pleading um, to the cornhole community. Not pleading. Pleading is a bad word. What I would say is, if you genuinely want this sport to grow, if you want it to be the thing that I want it to be, that I know you guys want it to be, then you have to bring more positivity, and you have to be willing to contribute that positivity into this sport at a lot of different levels. And I'll talk a little bit about what that looks like and how people can get, you know, um, and, and, and help this because we want to continue to bring in more and more people, a big initiative for me, um, over 2024. And, and I, I've mentioned this previously, but my role is changing just a little bit. I'm kind of moving a little bit out of the media realm, a little bit out of the, the content space and social media and moving more into development. And in that development space, I'm going to have a hand directly in uh, youth, high school, and college. And as we, as I personally kind of help try to make way for that growth in that particular area, we want kids to want to come into this community and play this game. And we do that 
by creating a welcoming community and something that people want to be a part of. Now, I say all that to say, I understand that's all sunshine, rainbows, la la, and that sounds like a great idea. But I have to start with that fundamentally. And as an accountability factor, that has to be something that I challenge each person that is wanting to be, that is a part of this community, that moving forward, utilize and leverage that positivity as much as you can because that's going to help everybody grow. So that's that's the accountability that we need on the side of the cornhole community. Now, let's switch gears and talk about the stuff that I know everybody wants to talk about, which is what is the ACL doing? If you want us to be accountable, what is the ACL being accountable? And I'll be as transparent as I can be here. I know there's a lot of things that people are frustrated with. Um, the good news is I think there a lot of them are easily solved. There's a little bit of them that are not easily solved. And, you know, we have plans to do and, and fix those things. The, you know, the, the first is um, I recognize that over and we recognize over the past year or so um, we have gaps in certain areas. Um, we have gaps in uh, officiating. Right. And that's something that is being a big focus in 2024. Uh, we have a gap in um, I know everybody's not happy with the state of the schedule and event schedule right now. And, and what that looks like, um, I know there's people that the selector of people that are you know, don't like the way the ACL pays out or doesn't like the way that people do uh, the ACL runs its equipment and licensing, all of those different things. And so each one of those different things for the ACL in 2024 is going to have a specific initiative. So we'll, you know, on the officiating side, uh, I'm working directly with Michael Gonzalez. Michael Gonzalez is our national director. Um, him and I are putting together an officiating program. And what that is going to do is that's going to launch sometime in 2024. And it's going to give people across the country the ability to become officials, get trained, um, get paid to go to events, get paid to officiate events, um, going to bring us to the next level. We're doing a lot of things around our broadcast court right now to set the standard for what that looks like. Um, we just purchased a, a flag that we have on the broadcast court. People probably didn't see it at the college championship, but you know there are different things that we're doing on the officiating space. Trey, can we change it to- real quick? Can we just change the flag to the rope from uh, dodgeball? dodgeball? That'd be so great. You know, and he has yes. a little yellow rope. A yeah, or a wrench that or could a work wrench, too. He had the little he had the little yellow rope that he like yeah. ran in. The official did. I think it would be perfect. I think you need like an old school like horn filled bag, and you chuck yeah, and it they, and it hits. And I think they got to have a whistle too. Oh yeah, definitely. You just got to blow it up as soon as it happens. All right, just let the world uh, know. All uh, right, you can you I can like continue. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So, um, but yeah, we're so officiating. We're we're launching a program. Okay. Um, the idea is um, that program is going to help. Affi- I mean, yes, at the baseline level, we want live stream ports. We want, you know, broadcast ports to do that, you know, stream those, but also general officials for entire facilities to provide more, you know, um, accountability on the, on the form of the players and everything like that. That's an initiative. That's important to us, right? We want sports betting to become a big thing. Officiating level has to step up. We recently signed into other agreements with different organizations to help us on an integrity perspective to make sure everything is tip top shape. So we're making moves in that regard. Um, I can't dive into a lot of those details, but um, just know that news will be coming soon about steps that the ACL is taking to make sure that everything from a legality perspective is up to snuff as well as this officiating. Are we getting getting closer to being able to like live bad matches? 
Well, that these are the steps that we have to take. Yeah. Okay. yeah yes. So yes. Okay. Um, you know, if you had me on the show, you probably have, you had me on the show last year. We yeah. talked about live betting and what the steps we we're going to take. Is. Okay. This is a direct result of that conversation. Okay. We started to get there and we realized we had these deficiencies and these are deficiencies that we have to fill. Okay. Now, unfortunately for everybody, they want those finished tomorrow. They're not going to get finished tomorrow. Uh, it's just it's just the way that things work and the pace at which things work. So officiating is is certainly um, you know a big deal, a big forefront. Um, scheduling front. I know a lot of people are uh, upset with the with the schedule and the event schedule and the pro events and how things haven't been released in a timely manner this year. Uh, in all transparency, and this is as transparent as I can get, and I can give you as much information as possible. Um, we pushed scheduling as far as we could in order to leverage our renegotiations with ESPN. And part of that was understanding what our schedule would be. Um, and because our, our deal with ESPN ended at the end of 2023. Okay. Um, I cannot speak on other, I cannot speak on uh, officialities, but we're in a good spot. Okay. Officialities isn't even a word. It's so, I was going to let it go, but it's fine. Um, it is now. So <laughs> I, I can't, I, again, I can't speak on that, but nobody needs to be worried and everything is good and everybody's thumbs up. But at the same time, what that cost us in some regard is better time with leverage in venue hunting and, and securing venues. So there was a conscious decision made. We will have to wait six to eight months to a year to understand if that was the right decision to make. Okay. Right. We did that because there were instances and there are other things that were planning around these events um, that caused us to delay. And that was a conscious decision. It was. And, and I'll be as transparent. It was not that we're going to venues and they're telling us go away. It was not ACL has spent all its money on trays, you know, you know, 200,000 square foot mansion and all that kind of stuff. So they can't pay for venues. Yeah, but how's the yacht? Yeah. Yeah, the yacht is nice. Though, and the yacht is really nice. Um, so it's none of these things that I know are going to float around. The idea was for our network deal, we had to push negotiations back as as far as we could, and we're in a good spot. But that's all part of that conversation. I mean, it's really so the only leverage you guys have going into a fight like that. Say it again. It's kind of like the only leverage you have going into a negotiation like that. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, at least it's a big Cornhole, chip. The ratings for cornhole, I mean, are solid. Um, it depends on what you're comparing them against, right? If someone is going to ask me, "Well, you're not the NFL or the NBA," well, well nobody yeah, else you're is, right. I'm yeah. not right. But um, if you compare social media, you compare ratings on TV to other sports, and cornhole is actually better than what people think. Uh, we get compliments pretty regularly on on how well things perform, so that helps us in these type of situations. But yeah. it's also about what you want, right? So, like. Again, I can't speak too much to it, but there are other things that are being added into this that are people are going to be very happy with in the <laughs> near future regarding network, regarding maybe a series that's not currently televised that, you know, people might like, um, you know, things like that, that we had to wait out for in order to get that. So yeah. we, we, we sacrificed okay. um, and that's coming and the team is busting their butts. And I know nobody wants to hear that because it is an excuse and I get it, but yeah. that's at least the reason for where we are right now as far as our schedule goes. And we're making good progress and all of that will be coming out shortly. So that's, that's all good. Um, and kind of the last thing I wanted to talk about, you know, transparency wise um, is, you know, the, you know, where the ACL is and where it wants to go as far as like 
financials and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I know this is a big one for people, and I'm going to be as transparent as I can without divulging too much information as much as – and then we'll go into your questions because I know you're going to have tons of follow-ups and things like that. But um, the ACL makes money in three ways. Okay, they one of there's only one of three buckets in which the ACL is taking in money. Number one is uh, sponsorship. Okay, so that is through TV deals. That's through you know um, sponsorship. You know, you turn on, you mm-hmm. turned on the college championship. You saw Rise Fuel Energy. You saw Beard Guys. You see Bush's Beans. You see you corn know, nuts. all the big name sponsors <laughs> a part of that. Corn nuts, um, corn nuts. So, don't don't leave corn nuts. Out. Corn nuts, corn yeah, nuts. Come on, man. These nuts. corn nuts is a you know the corn nuts you know re up this year. We're really excited for corn nuts. They're on all the teams' jerseys this year. What about prize really picks? What about prize what picks? That? Prize picks. Uh prize picks is a different beast. TBD on that. Okay. So right. um, fair enough. Not not positive or negative, just okay. different. So, right. um, but anyway. Anyways. Um. So. Uh, so yeah, so financially, the ACL makes money three years. One, sponsorship. Okay, pretty straightforward. Everybody kind of understands that's in a nutshell. Two is licensing and equipment. The ACL created a bring your own bag policy years ago. Um, you know, they we sell equipment directly, and then we have a licensing program. Everybody's familiar with what you know the stamps, right? Stamp, 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 stamp right? Um, and that's 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 a way that the ACL drives revenue. Um, and the third is through part what I call participation, right? So that is. You know, people buying memberships, that's people playing in tournaments through the ACL software, and that revenue comes through and, you know, uh, on a per player basis, whatever. And that money through participation comes back to the ACL. Um, So with all of that, on a fundamental level, people have to understand that a lot of these things, everything that the ACL does costs money. Um, And and I know that sounds crazy to, to... you know, even break down and it sounds like I'm being patronizing, but it's the truth. And so one of the things I wanted to, you know, talk about in general was just that there's a lot of people complaining out there that the ACL shouldn't take in, shouldn't take any revenue uh, uh, from, you know, bag policy or licensing, or, or it should be grossly less. And the ACL should be doing 100% payouts, doing all these different things, you know, and this is a dramatization, of course, right? I think everybody agrees that sponsorship has to be a core core part of the business, mm-hmm. right? But the other two are very much debated and and argued by a core cornhole community about what is fair and reasonable and everything like that. With all of these different things that we want to do, everybody wants a top-of-the-line experience. Everybody wants a, um, you know, the broadcast court. Everybody wants all these different live stream bells and whistles. People want, um, you know, officials at every court. People want all these different things. And there's a way that the ACL has to drive that revenue. And I think one of the big things that people get confused about or people talk about is that anything that time that the ACL takes in money, it's just going in Stacy's pocket uh, or it's going in my pocket, which would be awesome, by the way. Um yeah, it's but expensive. the idea is <laughs> the, the thing when I hear is, is the, the term alone. called is is greedy that I hear very often, and and it kind of it bothers me because if fundamentally, let's say the let's take the open series for a second, okay? Let's say that that series generated a million dollars in in profit, um, or or um, no profit being. I take 
not all expenses for the event, but I take entry fees yes. minus payouts. Okay. Let's say it generated a million dollars. The greed that the ACL would then enact would be to hire 12 people with that amount of money. Maybe, maybe ball, ballpark one or less, one plus one, minus one. So if I have an organization of 12 people, a nationally run sports league of 12 people with only the money that I've taken in from that open series level, okay, to me, that's not greed. And to me, that is utilization of revenue in order to run a business, right? It's, it's utilizing all these different people. So if I draw that out across the entire league, I have 35 to 50 people at any given time that are basically on a salary in some way, shape, or form with the ACL. I'll let people do that own math in their heads, okay? If I changed every open event to 100% payout, if I got rid of all the stamps, all of that infrastructure is gone, right? It completely goes away. Those things are fundamentally holding up the salaries, and you see people on your live streams, you see pe people that you like, people that are running events. Take all the people that you hate. Let's say you hate me. You don't like me, but you really love Josh Keck, right? Whether it's my salary, his salary, whatever it is, and I promise you these aren't overinflated salaries. Trust me. I wish they were. Again, all of that breaks down to the idea that all of these different things are used as infrastructure to grow this league. Now. We could have a fundamental conversation about whether or not you think the direction of the ACL is good or it's not. And I will I don't talk about other leagues, but the one thing that you have to keep in mind is it is obvious that people have tried this before and it has either not worked or not worked as well. Okay. Both of those things can be true. And also the fact of that we're continuing to grow and to figure things out and see what works and see what doesn't work, right? If this was so easy, someone with $5 million would walk in, start up a brand new cornhole league, and drive revenue. But the thing that you have to keep in mind, if you're that person that thinks someone's just going to come in and, and slap $5 million on the table and be able to start a new league, my question to you, that person would be, how does that investor get their money back? Because... You just told me that it's greedy to take money more than you know 20% off the top of any open entry fees or anything like that. You just told me it's greedy to have any type of licensing policy where we utilize the stamp and drive revenue from there. So you've only limited someone's ability to drive revenue for an entire league solely around the concept of sponsorship. And currently... And the uh, ebb and flows of the economy, that is a dangerous, dangerous game to play. And if you're going to be able to make money over time, you have to be expected to take in MLS money and sponsorship revenue or more in order to A, pay for a league and a startup and the infrastructure it takes on staffing while also trying to make enough money to get your return on investment. So all I'm saying is it's a difficult position to be in. And part of me is getting on here just so I can, you know, help clear some things up. But it's also a little bit of a venting on my part just to be able to explain the different logic of situations that comes through. Um, you know, and here's the other fundamental thing I see all about payouts all the time. People are like, it should be 100% payout. If I actually went through and changed all of our payout tables to 100%, 
I don't think people realize it doesn't change it a ton comparison to what we're doing right now, right? It's not going to be the fundamental difference between a player being able to do cornhole full-time and not because the pro prize pool is strictly determined by sponsorship revenue right now. So anything that's coming at the open level is at a percentage payout. Go, even going to 100% payout is not going to get the level of payout that some of these people want. It's just not going to. I promise you, I've gone through the payout tables. I know what it looks like. It's just not going to be the same level. So, well, and not not if you keep if you continue to pay out as many places. Yeah, but if, if you, you should make it top it, heavy, it would at least be correct, more noticeable. But it, I get yeah. it. Correct. Yes. Yes. But I mean, we've we've all seen the conversations about tier three, tier two, all those different paying out those. So again, it's a fundamental fundamental conversation. Now, I think there's legitimate conversation. Now, we are having. I say all this to say we're still taking feedback literally month by month. We have a pro committee. We now have a committee of directors that gives insight. We have a we have, we have a number of different things that are contributing to a lot of this feedback, and we're trying to mold it as we go. Right? Because is the pro we're really committee is it, it set now? Say it again. Is the pro committee set now? Like in stone? Like yes, yes. So we have a pro committee that was yeah. So part of it this year we did a little bit different. So what's exciting this year is you have a new um, leader, right, of the pro committee. Yes. Yeah, so we hired we hired. Um, uh, hired's a bad word. So we have uh, put Josh Thielen yep. um, into a position of as a committee president. Um, I think that was a very smart, very business. smart pick. I think that was a really wise pick. Yeah, yeah, and 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 his based on his suggestion and everything from last year, a portion of the pro committee was kind of hand selected by him with a little bit of consult from me, and then another half was uh, was voted on. Yeah. by the pros directly and they got to pick hand pick who they wanted to represent them. So yes, they're all, they're all part of that. That's all part of it. So, um, so yeah, I, I felt like I rambled a lot there and I probably said things that rub, you know, may rub people the wrong way or try to seem a little bit, what did you use? Laundry or, or uh, laundry wash, uh, a laundry, laundry cycle wash or something. Yeah. Too, but at the same time, like I'll, I'll if uh, honestly, I encourage you guys to fire away. And if there are certain things that you want me to dive into more yeah. of, I'm happy to. So the, and, the first thing that came to kind of came to my mind was when you were talking about the three buckets, right? And you're talking about sponsorships and you brought up the fact towards the end. I don't even know if you realized you said it that given the economy, right? And I find it ironic that across the board during this whole off season, the big narrative was pro players not being able to find sponsorship money and it's just a tough market out there. So why would the perceptions change that it's then suddenly easier for you guys to get sponsorships? You know I mean, it's not just the like our little niche. And I feel like sometimes as much as I love our community here, sometimes we forget that there's like a whole world outside of cornhole. You know what I mean, yeah. and it's everyone else is kind of struggling out there too right now. So there's not money flying in. Like, if we're being completely transparent, this off season was very difficult for us as well. Hell we yeah. almost gave this up. Like we both have careers. It's yeah, like, it's I not, mean, it does take a lot of time, yeah, and this we isn't are like lucrative for us. No, it's not at all. <laughs> not at all. Like, yeah, yeah. and when I talk about it. this stuff, I don't want people to think that we're like getting rich up this no, stuff. But we need no. to be able to break even. I mean, we bought a sweet side. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, all right, so yeah. <laughs> we moved look, down look, to the basement. Twenty twenty three was a challenging year. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I'm 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 not gonna lie when it comes to that that specific bucket. Now. Here's the good news is that 2024 looks better yeah. and already, and we're already trending in a positive upward direction. And that's, that's great news. Trey, did um, you guys finally get a beer be- sponsor? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're trying. All it's right. it's beer, beer is, beer is, beer is tough. And 
Um, we just made a different fundamental decision to. If you're trying again, to grow the youth side of yeah, it, though, you which can't. I, I understand. It's just. I don't think. Man, I've always I just wanted to see not, just Miller Lite everywhere. In all transparency, <laughs> that's not that's not actually a driving factor for okay. us. I think. Um, I'll put it this way: um, if I, if if the ACL fundamentally wanted a beer sponsor no matter what the cost and no matter what the revenue they'd have we'd have a beer sponsor tomorrow Fair enough. um there's a value that we have set and a standard that we have set that says we're not going to take anything less than this for someone to come in and take over that entire category because we realize that being a beer sponsor in a cornhole world is a valuable position to be in Can't be. and so we expect that to be reflected in whatever happens now we were very long far along in conversations and let's just say there's a particular beer company that didn't have the best 2023 um and so you know there are other factors when you talk about sponsorship yeah. right i mean that happens all the time people you know God, people end only- up I can only imagine. Can you imagine the <laughs> shitstorm that would have happened if you guys, like, hypothetically speaking, announced this partnership <laughs> with them and then all that shit happened? Oh, Could you imagine the Dwayne video? Oh, my God. When you so thought bad. Kid Rock was bad. Oh, Good God. Lord. Um, <laughs> but, 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 but I would say, you know, we're, you know we, we're constantly having conversations and constantly building out our sales team. Because here's the other thing that we want to do. We want a bigger sales team, right? Because... We also recognize that – and and going back to those three buckets, remember I was kind of harping on the fact that people have to realize we want to make more money in these two buckets. Well, of course in this third bucket, if I got a sponsor that would pay for everything that we needed to tomorrow, then we could fundamentally do things differently. Yeah, It's not as if we sit on our laurels and wait for – you know, the big, huge sponsor to come through to be able to do everything like that. It's an active grind to be able to do that. We're making incremental progress. And in a year from now, we could be in a light year different position because of the infrastructure that we've laid in place. But until we were able to lay that infrastructure, you're kind of limited by the, 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 you know, the, the resources that you have available. Um, I wanted to bring up just before we get into anything else. Uh, you kind of touched a little bit on like the licensing and that was another bucket, right? There is yep. a there's a change coming at I think at some point in 2024 where you guys are also going to be having some sort of a licensing process for boards as well coming in. Yeah, we're yeah, we're there will be in, in some capacity in 2024. Okay. Um, I want to be careful about how much I preface here because I know the conversation will immediately go to oh, I got to have this this and this and this and this this is crazy blah blah blah. Correct. I don't think people realize how much bags were slow rolled into the in, in you know into the bring your own bag policy and I expect you know a slow methodical rollout with conversations from a lot of people and contributions from a lot of people on that ability. Um, and I'll, let me speak is speak about licensing real quick about, you know, and again, I'll give the cheesy response that everybody hates, but I'm just going to say it anyway, right? There's two sides to licensing. Yes, it drives the revenue, but the people that are also making the product the big bulk of the purpose of licensing is so that that person can say they're selling a sanctioned piece of equipment that they can do. And, you know, they're they're doing that. So part of that piece of it is making sure 
that no matter what's being processed out there, if it's getting an ACL stamp on it, it's certified to our level of standard that we want out there in the marketplace. And it's, you know, whether it's pro, competitive, or rec, it's given the appropriate nomenclature in order to reflect that. So, you know, that's a big part of it too is, you know, we haven't even talked about all the different things we're doing in our cornhole science lab and doing all these fun different things and ways that we're trying to elevate the game in that regard. And a lot of that is testing and equipment testing. So we're working on a lot of that too. But yes, licensing, um, board licensing will be coming down the road eventually. Okay. Um, I think that's kind of knowledge from, you know, that's, that's a lot of whispered, but that's, um, you know, that's, we gotta, we gotta waste. We're, 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 we will gradually go into that. There will not be a sudden change. Okay. So last year you guys kind of took a step forward. Um, you rolled out this PDC process. It seemed to be pretty successful. I know in the beginning there were a lot of question marks, but then the more I kind of saw it play out, I'm like, Oh, this kind of makes sense, right? We're going through there. You're having this teams aspect. You're rolling out last time you were on, you kind of made the announcement about the minor league teams thing. My biggest my my biggest gripe to you guys so far is we do a weekly show about cornhole. We tend to cover you guys quite a bit, um, and I've there's been open events that we didn't even mention teams because I had no fucking clue they happened, like no clue, none. And that's my <laughs> biggest like that's my biggest pet peeve right now is that I don't think enough light is being sh- shown on something that clearly has some sort of potential for potentially the future of our sport, and I feel like it's just kind of tucked away on the side right now. Yeah. And then it's all the owner. It's still on the singles and doubles. It's like all people care about when I feel like there's, sh- there's, there's this thing right here in front of us that we're all missing. That might become what we know is like the professional game going forward. I, look, maybe you were, were you in one of our accountability meetings? I was not. Uh, I was not. <laughs> um, so yeah. Yeah. I mean, he hit the nail on the head. I don't, I don't have anything to say except that you're right. Um, I mean, there's, there's a, um, our marketing needs to change. Um, we've taken, we, we over the past couple of years, we've taken a certain approach to marketing and it's been good for us in growing what we needed to. Um, mm-hmm. So I was chief marketing officer for the past three years. Marketing is under my bucket. It was my responsibility. And I had a heavy, heavy focus around social media and the growth of followers, engagements, impressions, things of that nature. And I give myself a solid A minus in helping lead that group do that where we are right now in our group there's a reason i'm not chief marketing officer anymore because the next step that we need to take are are getting people excited about events just like what you're talking about it's it's watching events it's going to events making event experiences hyping up the things that are important deprioritizing things that are not all of that is a new you know marketing and, and that's part of the reason that we've hired our newest chief business officer and i don't know how how public i mean it should be i don't know how much you know it gets around the cornhole community but we do have a new executive we have our first ever female executive alicia mullen okay um we hired her directly from uh, the commissioner's office uh, at Major League Baseball. Nice. She comes with over 20 years of experience at Major League Baseball. She oversaw every different group under the sun over there. Um, and now she's come over to be our chief business officer, and she's overseeing two of our most critical paths to growth, and that's technology and it's uh, marketing. Okay. So she's overseeing both departments. Um, technology is a big priority for us. Um, you know, I'm a firm believer in the technology that we have 
understanding that our ACL software um, is a really, really powerful tool. There are things that we need to do to make it more user-friendly, specifically around our website and things of that nature. There are things that we can improve upon, and everybody knows that within our team. And there are things that we're setting in, in, in order to succeed. But um, it's a powerful machine, what we've built. And you know, some of these advanced stats that are coming out here over the next couple of weeks – um, you know, everybody got their advanced stats and thought that was all of them. We have so many more coming well, down the we road. We thought we like, lost them, Trey. We yeah, thought we you thought guys were greedy and you ripped them from us and <laughs> you're never going to see them again. That was so funny. That was, that was, uh, the, that was the best. Yeah, no, there's, there's some, like, I got a little preview today and I'm, I'm going to get in trouble for even previewing this, but the most recent one is is a week-by-week week PPR tracker um, oh, okay. to see how your PPR is going up and down and tra- tracking that over, you know, three years worth of, of time to see your progress over time and growth and things of that nature. Our power rating will continue to grow and evolve and begin to use that and help build our skill levels and things of that nature. So there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things that sometimes, Sean, I think you hit the nail on the head on how you describe this, um, whether you meant to or not, is that I think what we do a lot of times is so really special and we do a we don't do a great job of properly communicating it or advertising it. And I think that's something that we, in 2024, that's another one of those accountability measures that I, I personally take under my wing and I personally want to see uh, take help take us to the next level. Yeah, I just, because again, I think that just seeing kind of the writing on the wall, we've been doing this for a while and just seeing like the team's aspect, like when you watch it, like it's fun, you know, and if, if you guys have been very fortunate that you guys have had good matches on the broadcast courts because wouldn't that suck if like it was 4-0 and then like it was done. Rarely has it happened for you guys. It's typically kind of down to the wire and makes it a little bit more fun. So I see it happening. And one of the, somebody else asked a really good question. Um, they wanted to know, are you guys ever going to consider like bringing in like outside ownership slash investors to make this more of like the traditional major sports franchise, you know, like where you have teams who have set owners and then they're overseen by like this. Is that, I mean, I don't know. Obviously I know it's hard to like delve into all that stuff. Is that like ever crossed your guys table as a possibility of like the future of the game kind of thing? hundred percent. Okay. Uh, and I, I, I would be shocked if it doesn't happen. Okay. Um, franchising is a long-term critical goal to the growth of the ACL. Now, where we are right now, I mean, I don't really I don't really have an interest for selling a team for $100,000. Yeah, right. Um, Interesting you know, choice of amount there. Yeah. But. And I say it like it would be my money. <laughs> but I say it like it would be my money, but the idea is selling a team for $100,000 at one point someone would be like that would be great money. Sure. It's a it's a model Others have tried that uh, it, it's a short-term revenue generator. If I sell 16 teams right now for $100,000, that's going to be uh, a $1.6 million uh, one time. It's a small yacht. Yeah. Very small. Yeah, that's just a teeny okay, little. Okay, so that's, one that's time, not a yacht. that's going to be one pretty good year. What <laughs> yeah. if I just took all that money and I put it right into the prize pool? All the pros would be awesome. We just almost tripled our prize pool, You know, more like doubled and a half or whatever. Great, this is awesome. And then 2025 hits, and now what do we do? Because now I have to create a model where not only do I have to recoup that money, I have to start making a little bit of money at least for the owners of those teams. You just expand the, the league, long, man. Double down. The long, <laughs> yeah, the long term. Uh, the long term success of any plan of franchising has to have a sustainable model. Now, how do we do that? Let's go back to our three buckets. 
We have to have a robust licensing program that can defer revenue to these franchisable entities. We need to have a sponsorship revenue, and we need to have a participatory model in which the franchising can be built upon upon all of those different things. Those are the only three ways in which it can be a long-term, successful, sustainable model. So that's what we have to build, and that's what we're building right now with all these different things that we're doing We're trying to create that top to bottom, really valuable franchise in order to do that. But we just and we're not interested in pulling the trigger too early because we'd miss out on so much. Well, again, I think I've said a few times, like these first two, three years, I mean, this is like this is you're letting the thing market itself. You know what I mean? Like you're like investors like, hey, look at all this. Like this is what we've been doing. Like, wouldn't you like to be a part of this kind of thing? So. And I think at that first year when it wasn't really known by the pros, like what they're doing this for, you know what I mean? Like there was that uncertainty. There was, there was fair to be criticism, but now that like, it's, it seems kind of obvious, right? I mean, like what's going on here. So, I mean, just, just hopefully stay the course and hopefully we get people that are really interested in it and fall in love with the game. But it goes back to like, if we were like this really nasty community that's just like pushing everyone out. Like it's, it, it is a hard, like I love the post that we read like last week about someone's like the first time I go to a cornhole event, like everyone's kind of standoffish and clickish. Cause we like to boast that we're like such a warm, loving community and we can be right. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes we you can have be to be able to dickish. interject yourself. Yeah, you can't I, just sit correct. off on the sideline. You, you can't be no passive kid. Yeah. Right. Like meet people. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. By force. It, exactly. I'll put it this way. We, we are, we are a welcoming community. 100%. I just think even with, hey, it happened to me. It happens to all of us. We just let it go to our head a little bit. Yeah. I think we just all, you know, and I say we, I'm not, again, I, I if there were points at this and if someone's listening to this thinking that this is me sitting on a, a stool and yelling at someone, like, it's really meant to, as, as a group account. I wanted this to be a heart to heart. Look, if you don't think there are nights when I wake up in the middle of the night and I say, should I have done this? Did I handle that the right way? Did I, you know, did I right, make the right decision? You know, I always do that all the time. Because, and it because genuinely, one, I care about this. I love my job. I love I love every aspect of what I do. I truly do. But at the same time, there's pressure in it. There's frustration. And there are ways I want to continue to get better. And look, I get it. There's sometimes I want to do things that I just physically can't do in order to get there. So like all of that is part of the accountability of this heart to heart that I just genuinely think we have the potential to be something absolutely special. I mean, look what I'm doing with high schools. If I got 10,000 high schools across the country to get 100 kids playing cornhole, that would rapidly change Everything. How cornhole is played literally for the next 25 years. Yeah, and everyone over the age of 25 would quit. <laughs> so they, don't, they don't have a prayer anymore. <laughs> so They're so going to start true. calling for like age leagues. They're going to be like, yeah, none of the young bucks can come to this one. All right. Can, We're serving I, can, alcohol. I get, uh, if I'm going to break it down psychologically, I think deep down, because we love it, we get so wrapped up and because we love this, right? We watch games and we're playing cornhole. And then you go, you, you have this, I sure all the time you go hang out with your other friends that have nothing to do with cornhole. And then you realize <laughs> like, like, Oh, there's like, yeah, there's like this whole other world or they'll be like, so you, you're in cornhole, right? Like we get all the time. Like you have a, a cornhole podcast. Dude, right? I, like, I don't want to have to defend work. it anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you thought yeah. you try, it gets tiring defending something and something that you kind of believe in the growth. And I think at like some 
deep rooted level. I think that's kind of through the whole community. Like we, we love this and we, we defend it. So we're kind of protective of it a little yeah. bit when a new guy comes in, we're like, are you here to make fun of us? Are you, are you, are you a loser like us? Cause if you are, come on in. If you're not, fuck you and get out of here. I mean, I think at a really broad way, like a deep level, I think that's kind of what it is. For we're sure. a little protective. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I also think that, you know, it also, but it also stems from like a lot of the animosity, like a lot of the things I see is genuinely people get frustrated because things want, they want things to be better. They want things to be perfect. And that's yeah. not necessarily a bad thing. Right. No. I saw a post, I saw a post today. We made a podcast right, about like, it. <laughs> yeah. Post today where it's like literally like a, one board is here and one board's two inches this way. Another one's this way. And it's like down the line and they're a little crooked. It's like day two of the open. This is unacceptable. It's like stuff like that. Is that person correct? Should they be directly down the line? You're absolutely right. Right. <laughs> But in general, I don't have, you know, I don't have stage hands throughout the entire event to redo that every single day. Yeah, I get because then you got to cut people. that million, one point six million up thirteen ways instead of twelve. I know exactly, damage. right? So I got to, <laughs> so now I got to hire that person. I got to hire that person, and when I use the money that was going to go to make it sixty five percent payout instead of sixty percent payout, I'm I'm greedy. So it's like things like that have a fundamental, you know, aspect to it because. You know where that money is allocated. If eighty thousand dollars comes in, and I use that eighty thousand dollars to pay a full time person, if you ask that person what you make, and they say eighty thousand dollars, you're not going to call that person greedy. But because of how the money is distributed in a sport that has both professional and amateur players, it generally sometimes takes on that viewpoint, which is what what can be become frustrating. Um, and and I understand the ACL. I think one thing that we didn't do our, ourselves very well that I want to try to change is I get sometimes we were – and you guys know this. Sometimes we were a little bit too much the big bad wolves. Um, we were trying to be the a little bit too controlling of things in some instances. And I still believe there are certain critical aspects that we still need to be very controlling over because they are important. But I also think sometimes we just need to – do what's best for cornhole in the community and and be a little bit more positive, not so much big rah rah dictator. So I know that will be that will be music to some people's ears that they will you know dance to that. Um, but I, I recognize that and I hear that from the community. But and when people recognize those instances, sometimes they vent those yeah, in a yeah. negative way. And what I'm saying is, let's vent it in a positive way. Ooh, let's Saba. have constructive conversations. <laughs> Yes. Oh, yes. Um, so just breathe to, in, breathe out. So stay. It's just to stay on. Like, why not? Right. Um, you guys kind of tentatively release a schedule where there's an ACL open. Also, there's another league that's in Texas. Right. It's called the TCL. I don't know if you've heard of her, but they they do pretty good numbers. <laughs> and you guys are having um, an ACL open in the same weekend um, that a TCL, what they call signature event, is happening. So I guess multiple levels of questions one where we guys, do that on purpose were, one were you guys like aware that that was the same weekend obviously i know it's different cities and it's like texas is a pretty small state so they're going to be pretty close but like anyway so so did you guys know that it was that weekend and then are are you guys going to continue to allow acl pro players to participate in tcl like signature events yeah so first uh first question is uh, whether people want to believe me or not I genuinely no idea okay. are our event team is so much, and I, I think I've alluded to the fact that they're a little bit in scramble mode. Okay. Um, I'll give you one piece of insight that that is good for this conversation. National number one 
um, or pro event number one. We need to we're we're trying yeah. to break down the very basic nomenclature. That's another thing. We need to get simpler and not more complicated in 2024. Pro event number one was originally scheduled for well, it is scheduled for April fourth uh, through the seventh. That was originally supposed to be taking place on site at the Pocket Talk Festival, which was a very large sporting festival that was taking place in Houston, Texas. Okay. We got – this is another one of these things that we have to deal with. We got noticed three and a half weeks ago that that has been – that entire festival has been canned. So that okay. had been set in stone for the past three months identifying that Texas is a core part. We did not have Texas anywhere else on the schedule. No open event, no pro event. Okay. Obviously we recognize if we went through a year without a single event in Texas, the league would be burned to the ground. Okay. Um, and we understand it and we get it. So there was an absolute scramble to find a location in Texas. Um, the, the that comment which is where this this question comes from yeah gently hand on the bible me personally now maybe my event team booking it saw it and just said you know we don't have a choice we have to do it anyway but it's okay. the, genuinely the first time i heard of any other conflict of any other cornhole events okay uh in any way shape or form um so that's that's um as honest as i can be there the second part was what was the second part um, are AC, are you guys going to continue to allow ACL pros to oh, participate yeah. in TCL? Yeah, for now, um, for now we've, we've had a lot of <laughs> back and forth on this. Um, for now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't see a need for that to change. Um, you know, I think there are ways that we'll continue to try to be more collaborative with people than try to be, um, you know, exclusive. So, um, can't probably add much more than that but as okay. of now i don't see any reason that it's going to change um if their plans change we can revisit it if our plans change we'll revisit it as of right now i'm not seeing a need to do that i mean and i think like that'll I said, be a popular decision oh, absolutely. Yeah. i think that'll be well received i mean I, I do i think that's i mean i'm happy that's good <laughs> i mean yeah, yeah i mean yeah i i more um, content yeah hell yeah <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything. You know, actually, else. I have oh, I have one question for you, and it's yeah. uh, Sean got to air his grievance about the teams. <laughs> My biggest grievance with these minor league teams: why can we not have them different names? <laughs> Sorry, you do. You it do. is driving me insane. Like the Cleveland Aviators. Okay, I I know they're affiliated with the Aviators. Can we change their name to something sweet, like anything? I mean, how many ringers are we going to have? I've heard no, of four different back. cities going back with the ringers. Like, I need, <laughs> I need some different names out in the world, and then have them affiliated in a different way, whether it be color or something. Yeah, I like agree. same palette or color palette or something. But like, it's very confusing to me. Like, I don't know. I and I like the totally I like the creative aspect, and I feel like you guys are handcuffing yourself because you have a whole other avenue for apparel and everything. Like if one of these hits a absolute banger, like Savannah Bananas or something that people yeah. freaking love, then boom! I mean, you guys will make. I mean, everyone will be happy. Like I just think there's avenues there, and plus the minor leagues should have a little bit more freedom to be a little oh yeah a little more experimental with the names than everyone else. Yeah. So, um, a fundamental decision, uh, and, and just 
don't know better or worse, honestly. Uh, the, and the, but here's the core reason why. Uh, number one is we can we um, fully control all of the IP. All the trademarks have already been filed, and I don't have to worry about managing all of those different names and all of those different trademarks, and they all fall under the same thing. Okay, that's a very logistical, boring answer for. Well, no, I, I do get it because I feel like the minor leagues definitely came up quickly, so I do understand that that aspect of it. I'm saying like, yep. next season or the season after, if these managers are be doing something good, is there potential yep. that we could see these change? Maybe. Um, and 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 let me give you the second reason why it, it was like that. Number two is, um. A minor league team like baseball, for example, is so much is so large as a sport right now that everybody knows the Boston Red Sox. Okay. And if I say this is the Greenville Drive, and you say who are the Greenville Drive, and you say they're a minor league affiliate of the Boston Red Sox, everybody understands what that is immediately. The idea was if I create a jersey that has the Ringers logo on there. Okay, the ringers logo becomes another extension of the ringers that is reaching more people. And it's a brand that's becoming more recognizable. So the intention was continue to make the ringers, all these different pro teams, logos and names and everything more recognizable in those areas, in those regions. So it becomes more pop instead of trying to throw 20 different logos in a particular market. Let's keep it all one logo. And then when someone says, what are the, what are the Philadelphia, what are the, you know, Philadelphia ringers? We'll say, well, they're a minor league affiliate of the Pennsylvania ringers, which is the pro team. So it is very much for a recognition element. In addition to that, I totally get where you're coming from that, you know, they, they could be something that expands a little bit. And I think down the road, we absolutely will explore that idea and can make that become part of the franchisable model that we see moving forward, at least in the short term, though. I don't want to confuse people with more logos and more stuff. I want to keep, you know, try to keep it as as concise as I possibly can. You know, you could argue that's the wrong idea. You, I mean, you could probably I mean, there's legitimate reasons to go either which direction. That's just the direction we picked. I'm assuming that uh, this is why we're going to a state-based model rather than a conference-based kind of thing. Yeah. Is this going to fall in line with this? A little earlier Sorry. than we wanted it to, certainly. Um, and there's a lot of... And that wasn't even us, by the way. So I know it wasn't. Okay, I, thank I was, you very much. I'm like, I'm uh, like, I was, I was good about that. that. I'm like, I, but once I saw it was out, I'm like, all right, well, I guess it's open market now. So Yeah, so, and what I would caution people against is that, like, um, like, Wait until the details come out before, like, the, if it's the end of the world, right? I We understand that there are large states. We understand there are small states. There will be, we're, like... We're going to have cornhole like, players moving adjust- to, like, areas where there's, like, no cornhole players. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a benefit for everybody, right? The, okay. the, the, the downside right now is that in some areas, you have, like... People aren't ju- just aren't playing in conference events because they have to go 13 hours. Like it's just it's just not realistic, right? Yeah, now there are some instances where like it's the opposite, and that you know you're in Rhode Island, and but but adjustments are may are going to be made across the board in this instance. And a state model is something that has been successful 
in many, many, many other sports. The reason a conference model was originally put together was because there were so few people playing in the league that you couldn't have just state events. You needed to bring everybody together because it was just uh, such a low participation of a sport. A state model really opens up the doors, allows things to expand a little bit and, and compete a little bit differently. So there's plenty more, plenty more details. I don't want to, you know, spoil a lot of those details because th- th- there's a state committee. Um, we're apparently doing a lot of committees at the end of the year and into okay. 2024. But there's a committee that's that's putting together the perfect plan for this, and okay. I don't, I, I don't want to share any details without that properly being announced with all those things. But I would just say, everybody, take a deep breath. I promise it's going to be okay and it's going to be a really good model. Okay, we'll tr- we'll trust you for now. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. You know, addicted to cornhole is a very finicky place. So, um, oh, I can't wait to see the post after this. There's going to be, I'm going to say, so I, I, I guarantee you, I said something on here, like a little bit out of context or something like that. And it's just, yeah, I can't wait. I'm interested to see because when I, I, we normally post like the day we're recording, right? Just letting people know if you have any questions. Yeah. And sometimes, depending on the guest, I'm surprised. By how many people, and I knew that there was this was going to get decent decent amount of views and stuff, but I was surprised at the a level of involvement in the post. Yeah, there's so a it lot makes of me think that, that this were, yeah this episode is going to be is going to do very well. They wanted yeah, going to do want, numbies. They want the deets. Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to do very. I'm I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see because um, it's we're in a weird time in the cornhole like realm right now because without a national like the opens are nice and everything, but it doesn't feel like the cornhole season yet until the first national hits. And then, but yep. this year, everything's so yeah, and we packed. Have once we hit April, happens, like, but we're fuck. gonna be rolling, yeah, exactly. But I'm like, what do I do with my hands right now? Like, there's like, yeah. there's that, there hasn't been national, we we haven't done a draft yet, so yeah, it's just uh, battle the bag, Sean. yeah, I know, <laughs> Shit, man, Battle hold us strong for like a month. I know, <laughs> I, I'm hoping so. All right, secret time if people have listened this long, you deserve a little secret. I'm hoping I want, I want to do like a kickoff video, like I always do, yeah. But I want Mark Pryor to be involved in it, and I'm hoping he'll be a good sport and do it for us. Yeah, be like, I'm not involved. Be like, be yeah, you are. So much fun. <laughs> like, I, I hope he, and he's a good guy. I think he will. Yeah. I think he will. So, we're, we're, I think it would be fun if we had a little, little fun with him. So, all right, I, I hope it happens. So for Christmas this year, I got Dane uh, some fun questions. So Dane, you want to let it rip? All right, all let's right. go. So normally I read them off, but I'm gonna let Dane handle this. So I'm, I'm going in blind with you, Trey. So, yeah. All right. This is actually a good one for all of us. Okay. How would you rank the four major sports playoffs? Ooh, okay. So we're going baseball, basketball, hockey, and okay. All right. I and got soccer. You. Okay. <laughs> I got, I'm kidding. <laughs> American sports. Um, okay. Um, playoffs? Wow, that's tough. So I'll let it rip. All right. Okay. Because I, I I can just pull it right off the cuff. Um, okay, go ahead. Number four for me, just because it's probably my least fandom, but um, it's growing is hockey. Oh, okay. I know the Stanley Cup is electric, and that's what's actually drawn me into hockey in my later years. Yeah. I just never played it growing up, so like I'm not that familiar. But I am more of an avid fan now, so it's growing. But that is my my okay. number four. Fair enough. Number three. Yeah, mine. Mine. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you, oh, you're going to go through all I'm just going to let it rip. Number three, I'm going to go. Um, I know we won our first Cleveland championship in this sport of NBA basketball, um, but Cleveland is still not a basketball town. So I'm going to go number three with the NBA. Number two, just because we have never even whiffed it 
I'm going the NFL playoffs as a Cleveland fan. And the number one in my heart of hearts is the World Series. Seeing a World Series game jam-packed to the gills with just 50,000 fans absolutely screaming their heads off watching Rajay Davis tie it up. Um, Yeah, by far... World Series. I still down. remember being pissed because the lady that we were in this townhouse that was directly across, she had her windows open. Yeah. And their TV was like 10 seconds ahead of mine. <laughs> so I heard that I'm sitting on the couch, like kind of pissed, like, damn it, like we we're so fucking close. And I hear them going ape shit. I'm like, what? No, something could happen. What the hell? And so was, I'm just like, you Did spoiled I, it. Uh, secret time? Yeah. I cried. Oh, okay. I was at that game. I yeah, cried. We, we were going to win. As soon as you hit that, dude, I, 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 right I was now. like, fuck dude, you, it was just, yeah. Fuck you, Chicago. Yeah, goddamn fucking Cubs. <sighs> Anyways. All right, all right Trey, go on. ahead. All right. So, number four, easy basketball. Okay. Uh, NBA, that, it's way too long. It's like Thank NBA you. playoffs is like almost two months. It's, dude, I want like, is, why did they add an in-game like championship or like in-season championship now too? That was just... That was a whole different ball game. Yeah, yeah. I, I have no idea. I don't even know. What Nobody even knew what was happening. Like Sean didn't know it. Like just like the teams aspect of ACL, you didn't know what was happening either. It's the same same marketing plan, I guess. Do we have? We're um, gonna get better with the sound bites. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, moving then, on. <laughs> then I say three hockey. Now I love playoff hockey. I would move it up if they would go from like seven games to like five. And the reason I say okay. that is because it's kind of like basketball and like. They take too long in between games. If it's that physically demanding of a sport, give me five games instead of seven. Make it shorter. Yeah. Make it more intense. And I'm all for it. Just, like, I feel like it would be more fresh legs, too. Like you'd see oh, more yeah. dynamic play throughout the whole thing. Because well, let's it, be honest. Every win matters. Every loss matters yeah. in a five-game series. Yeah, in NBA I mean? playoffs, like, yeah. you see a pretty steep scoring decrease for a reason. These guys are dog-tired. Yeah. yeah. And then number two, I have baseball. Okay. Um, I like the addition and what they're kind of doing with all this different wild card stuff, right? Um, you know the the um, you know the, the play in games and things of that nature. I love when they have added stakes like that, and I think it's really cool. So I got baseball too, and then football number one. Spoiled Patriots. I, I'm, I'm a sucker for single God. elimination tournaments. Like, give me a single elimination <sighs> tournament in any capacity in any sport, including cornhole. Um, <laughs> and and I just I, I love it so. I think it's the most intense. I think it's 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 arguably the best in sports. Like if you made it bigger, yeah, you could kind of resemble what they do with with March Madness, but at the same time it's a lot bigger field when it comes to college basketball. So, but I'm going I'm going NFL number 1 and I don't think it's close. Yeah, so I'm going um I'm I agree with you in basketball. Like it's just not my favorite sport. Like I I like going to the games. There's it's cool, but like if it's playoffs if Cleveland's not involved, I I won't watch probably a minute of it. Just don't care. Um, number three, um, it's hard for me to say now this year, I'm going to be a honk because the Browns are in it, but because we don't ever get to experience our team in the playoffs. Like, I don't really give a fuck who wins. And we just got sports gambling in here like this year. So now it's going to be way more fun. I care yeah, way too sure. much about games like that. <laughs> but I, for me, I just never got to like that. I've, they've made the playoffs twice since I've like been alive. So that's great. Um, number two is hockey. All right, hockey is I lo- live hockey is awesome, and then you take in the playoffs, playoff atmosphere. It is amazing, and I never even watched a hockey match before I started dating my wife, and she's a hockey honk. So then I kind of got into it. I'm like, oh shit, this is sweet. Like now I understand why you guys are all weird. I get like it. This. <laughs> and then number one, baseball. Man, I love playoff baseball. Still, 
And I know, and I feel like an old man saying that, but I think it goes down to like our dad's a diehard baseball fan, and you For go sure. into like a World Series and he's a game when every pitch fan. matters. Like, oh man, there's nothing better than that. Yeah, it still pains me that he's a Dodgers oh, fan. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Whenever they face off, I took him to a Cleveland versus Dodgers game, and like he's sitting there rooting for the Dodgers, and then Indians ended up coming back and winning, and he was like, well, yeah, it was a good game. I'm like, no, no, you'd be buttered. Stop it. Yeah, you're supposed to be angry right now. You're not allowed to cheer for both. You got another one? That's not how it happens. I do. There's a whole stack of them here, Sean. So let's see what we got here. fucking stack. Uh All right. Which two of the Holy Trinity of Life with your friends... Drinking, watching sports, eating tons of food. Would you keep if you had to lose one? So which two would I keep? Yeah. And the, what were they again? So the Holy Trinity is drinking, watching sports, eating tons of food. With your friends. So, yeah, but yeah, it's I like, got what you're saying. you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which, which ones would you, would you keep? You had to keep two. Drop one. I mean... Gosh, I I'm not dropping drinking. (laughs) Are there other forms of inebriation allowed? That's actually that's a good point. I think we lump it all together. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just um, alcohol and or drugs. Yes. (laughs) Doesn't say that on the card though, Sean. (laughs) Loophole. (laughs) I I think I'm. I think I'm giving up drinking. Are you okay? Fair enough. I just I love. Like, oh, I yeah, just, I'm not giving up sports either. I'm going to give up the food. I don't have to eat with my friends. I will plan vacations, like the vacations that I take yeah. are planned around food. But like, you don't have to do it with your group of friends, like your best buddies. Right? Isn't that kind of what oh, the question was asking? This is, this okay, is oh, specifically oh, oh, like, with your boys. Like yeah, with your, with your boys. Holy, holy trinity of life with your friends. Like your like your So you crew. can still go on that sweet vacation with the wife and eat your heart's oh, okay. desire. Yeah, I'm going to switch then. I'll keep the drinking. Yeah, yeah. that's what I figured. Right? Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not a bar yeah. food if, guy. If, I go to the bar and just drink anyway. So like <laughs> I can I can skip eating lots of Correct. food with them yeah. and we'll just get hammered yeah. drunk because there's I'm enough drink. calories and water and oh, beer Oh, you always get that look right? when you're there like we're just having drinks and the bartender looks just like, oh, okay. Yeah, don't worry. We'll make it worth your while. Don't worry about it. Don't short us. All right. Yeah, your seven ninety nine burger is not going to cost the same as my 15 Miller Lights. All right. <laughs> I promise you. <laughs> so true. This is math. Yeah. Okay. Math and science, math. it all all comes together. I like how you have no organization. You're <laughs> back in there. Why not? That's Actually, so there is. It's all I the, can't wait to pull the first double. It'll just going to be like astronomically. <laughs> That's a long one. Sound it out. I don't know. Is this Is this appropriate? Ooh, yo, I mean, he pulled it out. All right, we'll, we'll ask it. <laughs> we, it's explicit. We're, we're not, I checked the box that we're not appropriate. All right, for here, let's see. Can we? Uh, can we get the? What are we doing here? Where is it? This is good. What are you looking for? I was looking for this. All right, so would you rather the hottest girl celebrity who has a or Vin Diesel with a? <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're not censored here, folks. Would you rather fuck the hottest girl celebrity who had a dick mm. or Vin Diesel with a pussy? Vagina for those at home that want to keep it PC. Uh, I'm going to get I'm going to get fired for answering this question. <laughs> I asked Sean first, so blame him. Vin's pretty good looking, but I can't handle mm. the voice. Yeah, right. But then there's also an appendage. They have to deal with on the other side. <laughs> 
I mean, I like to say, like, know my way around mine. So, like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Give well, me the, the chip. Well, Give me the chip on the dick, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it's 2024 now, aren't they? I mean, it's, it's she, right? I, I guess. Mean, we gotta gotta go that route. Or they? Or they? They them? I don't know. We might get canceled after this. We really this might. Is way, this is way worse I'm than my roller I'm gonna okay, I'm, I right. gotta abstain. Okay, I gotta abstain. That's why I asked you, Sean. That was a weird question. Well, he made me answer it. So. All right. <laughs> Any more right. appropriate? This is a good one. All right, well. If you were a general in the Civil War, okay, and you could get a T-Rex <laughs> or modern war tank to fight on your side, what are you taking? Oh, man. A T-Rex or a modern war tank? Yeah. I'm going I'm with the tank. tank. Yeah. You can get shot on a T-Rex all day. Like, the thing could probably handle maybe a dozen musket balls to the throat, and it's done so. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going tank too. There's no way that they have anything that penetrates it. No, but what I'm saying is, wait, when is this civil war? Yeah. So can a, a bunch of muskets take down a T-Rex? Yeah. And if you're telling me the other side wouldn't just like give up if they saw you had a fucking T-Rex, they're not just be like we're fucking running. Sean, I mean, there's um, there could be evidence but, out there that the T-Rexes were actually alive then. Not stronger than metal. My thing is, how about you roll in with this? crazy high level of tech that the thing is from an alien and you shoot one shot that blasts their general into a billion pieces or you ride in trotting on the back of a t-rex and he just chops them i that's mean both I'm of thinking. them are that's equally as intimidating i'm pretty sure i have a shirt with that happening so what's what's scary <laughs> like, being able a to control on the back of a machine or being able to control a t-rex did people re- in the civil cooler, war era really know be- much about a t-rex the only thing, I, the only reason I would consider a T Rex is because the scare factor, like the wow factor. Yeah, I get that. At civil time, at civil war times, if you're rolling in with a tank, people are like, "What the fuck is that? That's a weird looking horse." Like, I get that point too. But like having a T Rex would be kind of badass. But tactically speaking, if I want to win the war and not just that battle, like I guess a tank would might be smarter. I think the fundamental decision here is: Would a musket penetrate T Rex skin? I mean, I think it would. I mean, the world may never know. They, I don't think they will ever know, Sean. I mean, unless Jurassic Park becomes real and guns revert back to muzzle loaders, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, enough. I'm pretty sure like a, a bear right, rifle. We'll do one more. One more? Yeah, one more. All right. Be Is a good one. Appropriate. All right. We'll, we'll skip that one. <laughs> Pick the good deck. Okay. I like this one. Okay. All right. It's a random one. Would you rather live with your parents for the rest of your life <laughs> or always have to use toilet paper as napkins? Toilet paper as So sitting like, in a like, restaurant. Like regular, plain, single-ply toilet paper. Like Scott. It yeah, just says sure. toilet paper. So if you want the triple-ply Charmin, but you, <laughs> you go to a restaurant and you're running into that bathroom to go grab your napkin that you have to set on your lap. <laughs> I'll take that one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think I'd take that yeah. one too. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I, don't I love I, I, think I, I don't think I want to live. I don't think I want to live with my parents. Nope. Uh, love my parents. Uh, like, love my is there really fundamentally that much difference between? So, Dude, I, fun not. fact about when I was an intern yeah. in uh, college, I worked at a plant that manufactured paper towels and bath tissue. Interesting. And let me tell you, there's not a huge difference. I knew I recognized him, Brawny. Oh, is that yeah. it? Yeah. Holy no, shit. No, I worked for the competitor. I oh, worked did you? at first 
first quality tissue. If you went to like Sam's oh, yeah. or like yeah. Costco. For sure, we get anything, that, we get like that the, delivered to us via Amazon yeah. for all of our bathrooms at work. Yes, yeah, we salute I you. look at it, and based on the print pattern, I could tell you if we made it. I was a big, <laughs> I was a big shot intern over there. I could do so that with I'll bags like, now. Yeah, the new well in the world. The new well in the world. Well, um, well, hey man, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. Um, I know you probably have to work tomorrow. I would imagine, right? I, uh, I do, but it's uh, I don't have to work out in the morning. Wednesdays are my I can sleep in till six day. Oh, so. congratulations! Oh, nice to sleep in. Yeah, tomorrow's like I'm double booked the entire day. I I don't know what I was thinking, and it's like when you do it, you're like eh, it'll be fine. Like there'll be some attrition, but everyone yeah, confirmed. Mine's a crapshoot right now, man. Just never know. Also, I don't know how. Yeah, and I, I I couldn't do what you guys. I mean, I guess I used to do it, but like the idea that you guys do everything at night is, I, I I'm just I'm just so fried by the time I get home now that I just I don't even know how you guys do it. I just honestly we don't have another time to do it. I mean, with us both working, and then I would love to do it right after work, but like. My wife doesn't like that. So, you know, I mean, she's like, I'm not putting the kids to bed by myself twice. Like, so it's just easier that when the kids go to bed, I just head over here. I mean, beer helps. It does. does. Beer probably helps. You're right. Yeah, good call. <laughs> it does. Well, uh, thanks for joining us. Obviously, open invitation whenever you want to come on. And then um, we're, we're, I mean, we're trying to decide what, when we're leaving the state of Ohio to go travel for cornhole stuff again. I don't know if you'll be in Hamilton. We're going to be at Hamilton uh, at that open. And then um, we might end up going to Texas. I don't know. We haven't decided yet. Figure it out. But our paths will cross again Ooh. soon, I'm sure. So we'll get, we'll get you guys back on the mic. Oh, yeah, man. We'd love to. Love it. So, um, all right. Well, thanks again. And uh, everyone at home, hope you guys enjoyed it. But as always, we hope you throw it straight. And it's nothing but four baggers from here on out. Cornhole it. Later. <laughs>